What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a special live Sunday night edition here of the Dadon Tolbert Show. I'm your host, Dadon Tolbert. Uh, tonight, like I said, we're not often live here on uh, on Sunday nights. In fact, I can probably count on may probably one hand the number of times we've done you know live uh, you know two or three hour shows. But this is a very special occasion here tonight, guys. Uh, as you know from listening in over the last few weeks, we've been talking about wanting to do a show specifically uh, about what it means to be a virtuous woman. You know, we've heard that term thrown around out there in society um, over the last several years. We've, you know, we've seen the T-shirts popping up. Oh, I'm a, I'm a great woman. I'm a virtuous woman. I'm a Proverbs 31 woman. But, you know, unfortunately, very few women um, exemplify you know, what it means to be a true Proverbs 31 woman. And when I say that, I mean the actual, I'm not talking about any type of cliche, but I'm talking about what the actual verses of Proverbs 31 uh, speak of. So tonight we're going to take a little bit of uh, time and we're going to uh, discuss and, you know, specifically go through the scriptures, uh, you know, in regards to what it says, all right, what it's all about, what you can do, uh, to be an actual Proverbs 31 woman, a virtuous woman, uh, things that you will not do if that is how you want to portray your, yourself, if that's how you want to uh, be seen. So definitely been looking forward to tonight's show for a good amount of time. Uh, it's something like, you know, how we do. We, we you know, I like to let things mentally marinate. You know, it's been doing that. We've got a great outline for tonight's show, so I'm excited about it. I know Courtney is excited also. Courtney, what's going on with you tonight? Hey, how are you? I'm I'm doing well. How's your weekend been? It's Sunday, you know, we're not always here on Sunday nights. What's going on with you? Oh yeah, it's been great. It's been great. You know, took a couple of days off work, um, had tomorrow off as well, so just been enjoying it. Cool, cool. That's how you do it, man. That's how you do it. It's funny, Courtney and I were talking earlier today and she said, you know, Dana, we were talking we got some big announcements uh, tonight that we're going to talk about that we're going to announce for the first time ever. But Courtney asked me earlier on. She said, "You know, how do you how do you get so much energy? Where does your energy come from?" And I said, "It's a good question. You know, I'm 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 always energetic, and where that comes from is first thing it's it's diet. You know, and we, you know we're going to talk a little bit about you know in regards to vir- being a virtuous woman, what your diet will look like. You know, what what are some things that you can do to." Um, be virtuous from a physical perspective, but um, you know I eat right. You know I eat right, and, and you know a lot of a lot of times people don't realize that when you eat the fatty foods, when you eat the sugary foods, it actually drains your energy. You know it absorbs your energy, so so you have your body has nothing left over. That's why you're always tired. That's why you're sluggish. That's why you may not want to do anything. So leave the fats alone. Leave the fried foods alone. The sugars, all that stuff. Drink more waters, you know, fruits and and proteins, you know, and, and you'll be you'll actually have a it'll have a major physical effect on you. That, but then also, you know, from, just from a, a different perspective, when you are living life as we talked about the other night, in a way that's pleasing to God, when you are delighting yourself in the Lord, well, that's you know that's going to give you energy. That's going to be positive. You're going to be happy. Because let's be honest, when we're partying all night. Nobody says, like, yo, where do you get so much energy to to party from 11 o'clock until 6 in the morning? Like, nobody questions that. It's just understood because you're having a good time. You ever think, I didn't say that to you earlier, Corey, but did you you think about it from that perspective? 
No, I didn't. I really wasn't thinking about it like that. Because, <laughs> you know, and the thing about it with me is I didn't either because I was that guy. You know, literally, we would get to the club at 11, you know, and even often pre-gaming, you know, from 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, and not getting home till 6 in the morning, you know, and I was like the Energizer Bunny. So I feel like it's only right to have the same amount of energy uh, for, uh, for for God and, you know, and things like that. So that's what we're going to be, you know, well, that's, you know, just a little tidbit of information I thought would be helpful to share with you guys. In fact, um, I mean, I was exhausted. I, I, uh, we had a full day yesterday. My daughter started swim class, uh, you know, 830 in the morning. But even before that, you know, my church, and if you guys are in Philly, I'm going to tell you guys something. Listen, I'm telling you, if you're in Philly, Jersey, Delaware, where anywhere in the surrounding areas, and you're looking to get, like, in shape and you're looking to, um, you know, do some things from a fitness perspective, come on out to Enon, all right, I'm putting it out there, 6 o'clock in the morning, Saturday mornings. It was about 50, maybe 60 people out there, men and women, all right, It's a, they do a boot camp. Uh, and I was there, and it was for the first time, and it was, I'm still sore. And I'm an athletic guy. I, I work out. I play sports. But I'm telling you, I'm still sore from just Saturday morning. So I'm telling you, it's a great workout, a lot of stuff. Lot, it's a boot camp nonstop. But, you know, you do that every Saturday. You get into a rhythm, you, you'll feel good about yourself. You'll look good. So that's what's going on. Courtney, I know you're not in Philly, but could you see yourself doing something like that? Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, because I work out, but I can always do you know, more than I'm doing. I found myself doing kind of the same workout, so I would love to, like, do something like that. Listen up, guys. There's something called muscle confusion, and I had the same problem. But if you, if you, I'm telling you, a lot, a lot of times we, we as people get into a routine. It's like, okay, you go to the gym, you get on the treadmill, you work the same machine, you lift the same weights in the same exact way, the same amount of reps. It's like you're, after a while, I mean, you'll see some improvements, but after a while your body will get used to that routine and you will no longer see the type of changes that you saw in the beginning. That's why you have to do muscle confusion where you totally switch up the routine. Whatever you did, do something else. Still work the same body parts, you know what I'm saying, or maybe even different body parts, but even if you're going to do the same body parts, do a different exercise, the different weights, you know, lift the different, you know, to work the same body parts, but it will confuse the muscles and, and give it that same sense of newness so that it will be like, wow, okay, this is new, and your body will respond to it differently. So, if you know, we, do, we don't talk about it a lot, but one of the things, the services provided by Tolbert Relationship Counseling is the mind, body, and soul uh, package. Where we where we do a personal nutrition plan for you, where we do a uh, a workout routine for you, you know what I mean. So if that's something you guys are interested, you know, in addition to the other services that we provide, check out uh, trctoday.com. Call eight five five fifty five. They done. Got some other business to take care of, but I'm a, we got a big announcement. Courtney knows what it is. Some of you guys may know. I posted something online. We're gonna talk about it in a little bit, but it's it's gonna change everything. So definitely um, stay tuned. But I want to I want to jump into tonight's show. Like I said, man, we're we weren't live uh, for a couple of days. What was it? Last Wednesday, I think, was the last time we were live, where we had what, what is being called the best show of all time. I'm just saying that's just what was told to me. <laughs> They're telling me like, yo, Daydon, you kept it extra real than you normally do. Like Courtney kept it kept it extra real. If you guys missed it. You're a psycho because you know you already know by now not to miss any shows. 
because you're going to miss something good. But we talked about, on one hand, just the effects of women who date multiple men. You know, that's a really hot topic now. A lot of women are doing it. They're trying to increase their chances, increase their odds of finding love. So they're doing that. We talked about the effects of that. But what everyone's really talking about is our analyzation and full breakdown of Jay-Z's new album coming out on July 4th entitled Magna Carta, The Holy Grail, where we talked about exactly what the hidden satanic message is. And and you know how he's this king of double entendres and and hidden messages and just off, you know, little subtle things, very discreet, but still in your face, you know, and and we, we broke it all down from a biblical perspective, and anyone who tuned in should have absolutely no question or doubt about what these guys represent. I'm talking about the Beyonce, the Jay-Z, the Obama, the Kanye West. That whole clique, if you will, is all into the same thing. They all just promote the same message in a different in a different manner. In fact, before we jump into our Proverbs 31 uh, special tonight, um, did anybody see that Kanye West uh, new album cover. I mean, he's got like a million album covers, but I guess this this latest one is supposed to be like the the actual one that they're going to use. I posted on Facebook. Courtney, did you get a chance to check it out? Was that him on the cross? Was it that one? Or was he, it something well, he else? Was, no, he's not, no, not on the cross, but he had a cross like if he's sitting down, has a, a, a crown of thorns on. He's dressed like Jesus. He's surrounded by three women. One of the women has a serpent tongue. You know, you see an upside-down cross right there in the front. Now, if you see, this is where you really got to, you know, mm. know your your Satanism, I guess. You have to kind of be familiar with various satanic and demonic imagery, which I am very much so familiar and have educated many of you on. Uh, but the, the upside-down cross is a is a direct symbol of Satan. It's obvious an obvious mockery of the cross and it's something that Satanists use to to basically promote their you know, their ideologies and it's just it's just known as being a, a cross of Satan, you know, a symbol of Satan. So uh on Kanye West's album it's you know, boom, you got your upside down cross and and also too guys, be aware. You got I don't know these cycles out there, they're they're like making clothing. They've, I mean, I'm seeing it all over, like upside down crosses, like some of these these clothing lines, like that's like their their new, you know, spring line, summer line, like the upside down cross, like like nobody knows what that is, and these people think they're just like, I mean, you out there in Chicago, have you ever seen anything like that? Oh uh, yeah, I have, I have. It's crazy, it's crazy, and you know what? I even see just that imagery, like ironically. And like um like the Christian rap videos, can you believe that? I was watching one and he was wearing like a, I forgot his name, Lecrae. I think that was his name. And he was wearing like an upside down cross. Yeah, I see it head. all the time. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's getting so blatant. I mean, Christian Christian hip hop, you know, Christian I mean just gospel, all types of Mary Mary, you know, it's it's not Kirk Franklin. I mean they're all their music is literally filled with demonic imagery. Say blatantly, I'm talking about satanic imagery. Um, so, so there's. I just want. I don't even want to talk about it too much, but I just want you guys to be aware of what's going on out here. And um, I was watching The View. I told you I would touch on it tonight. I was watching The View the other day, and uh, Sherry Shepard was on there with with um, Neo. 
guest hosting. Uh, Kevin Hart was on there. It was like Whoopi Goldberg, like an all-black, like, you know, panel or whatever. And, um, you know, I mean, now by now you guys should know Neo is a direct, you know, protege of Jay-Z. Like Jay-Z discovered him and, you know, gave him his big break. You know, it's so it's no coincidence that he's like one of the main people who is throwing out demonic image. I mean, his new album is called Red. Um, I mean, you know, you, you know Neo. I mean, every... I mean, you know, the the six 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 sign is like his little trademark. Um, you know, I don't even know what it, you know, Malibu red. He's like a spokesperson. I mean, everything is red, 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 red. I mean, come on, it's like not rocket science. You see what's what's going on. So he's sitting up there on the view, blatantly multiple times throwing up double sixes. Sherry Shepard, boom, throwing up devil horns, throwing up sixes. You know, and it's it's getting to a point where they're not even trying to be discreet about it. They're not even trying to hide it, and. um so I just want you guys to continue to be aware. I post all this stuff online. A lot of this stuff is, you know, is in the group. It's interesting. And, and so that's really all I wanted to say about that. I just wanted to educate you guys because, you know, it's interesting. I'm the type of person who, you know, I like to change things. I like to make things happen. Um, but it's it's unfortunate because the the, the direction the world is going in, there, there will be no change. There's not, go, it's not supposed to be a change. Like what's going to happen is going to happen. It's not going to get better. Like us talking about this stuff is not going to make it stop. In fact, it's just going to get worse because you cannot, you know, change the the our destiny. You cannot change scripture. You, we are heading towards the Book of Revelations, which will come to pass. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a matter of educating as many people as possible. You know, before that time comes. So, shout out to everybody who is passionate and you know and, and likes to listen and likes to learn and you know see things from a different uh, perspective. One thing that I wanted to talk about, aside from that, just just in regards to Neo, and, and which is a good segue into tonight's topic of exactly what it means to be a virtuous woman, a woman of substance. In fact, check that with we Google. As a matter of fact. Whoever's listening, somebody throw that in the group. I forgot about that show. Courtney, you remember a couple years ago we we did a show entitled uh, How to Become a Woman of Substance. By any chance, did you catch that? Yeah, I think I did. I'm sure. Actually, I'm sure I did. Yeah, it was yeah. a it was a minute ago, but yeah, somebody somebody throw that throw that in the group for me. But definitely a good show. Tonight's show, like I said, we're going to talk about being a virtuous woman. But one of the things that we also need to talk about is where a lot of this stuff originates from. You know, when we talk about women who are not virtuous women or, or are not being perceived as being the definition of that Proverbs 31 woman that, that the Bible speaks of, well, we got to look at why that is. And a big part of the problem is this. You know, they were interviewing Neo, and, you know, he himself is a self-proclaimed uh, whore. You know what I mean? Like, well, it, he was in his prior life. Like, even a couple years ago, he was just like, look, I'm I'm out here enjoying my fame. He's like, I was a whore. He said that, like, live on his, uh, what was it, his um, VH1, um, the heck is it called, Courtney? Um, what was it, Behind the Music? What was it? Behind the Music, yeah. He was talking about, he's like, yeah, I was a hoe. I was a whore. You know, just out here wilding out. And, and he said because of that, he was like, on the, talking to Sherry Shepard, he was like, yo, he said, I'm going to tell my, my, my daughter that all men are horrible. He's like, I'm just going to tell her to be a complete B, you know what I mean, and just all men are just the scum of the earth. And I'm like, like what? Like what? The, I want, I want to be like, yo, what the hell is wrong with you? 
That's real. I mean, honestly, that's it made me that mad because I'm like, why would you do that? Is because the problem is is bad enough that we got so many single moms out here who have been scorned by their baby daddies and they're walking around with chips on their shoulder and they're growing up telling their daughters that men ain't this and men ain't that and I don't need your father and you don't even need your father. And matter of fact, you don't need no man because I didn't have no man. Look how I turned out, yet I'm sitting here bashing men to you. You know what I'm saying? Pissed off at the world. That's the, that's where a lot of these problems come. I mean, so a lot of women are getting it from these moms. Seventy percent of black babies are born in the single parent homes. So, and a lot of those single moms are sending negative me- messages, whether through their own behaviors, but also through their own ideologies. And oh, I'm happily single. And I don't need like all that is like brainwashing these kids in a way that the school system could never do. These entertainers could never do. A lot of this stuff is coming straight from these moms. But so, and, you know, again, congr- I appreciate and I salute all the great mothers out there, specifically great single moms who do a great job and have not been brainwashed and are not brainwashing their kids and are not walking around with hurt, pain, and resentment. I, you know, literally, I really appreciate you guys for making our job as men easier. Um, but also on top of that, you have men who are looking at their own whorish ways and saying, oh, I don't want a daughter. I don't want to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you this, and I'm gonna tell you that. Like, no, you should be telling these little girls. No, all men aren't horrible. Men aren't bastards. In fact, God has a great man, an elite man, with your name on it. When you're old enough and emotionally available to receive that man. Yes, there are. There is a lot of fool, foolishness out here, but this is how you can conduct yourself so that you will avoid attracting those types of men. This is what you can do to be respected as opposed to being targeted for sex. This is what it means to be a virtuous one. We need fathers. Forget the Data on Tober show. We need fathers doing these types of shows with their daughters privately. You know what I'm saying? Talking, hey, look, like praying with them, reading the Bible to them. You know what I'm saying? We just started like family prayer and like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, really now that my daughter's old enough to like really talk and you know say some stuff, and so she's gonna start praying like before she eats her food and before she goes to bed and different things like that. Like this is, but specific like teaching these lessons to these little girls. I mean, it's great to have mothers do it, but I'm talking about they need to hear it from their fathers. That's important because, you know, it's it's almost inevitable to, if you don't have that father, I don't care how great of a mom you have, if that father does not play his role, it is going, 100% of the time, going to have an adverse effect on that little girl and on how she views men as a whole, period. That is unavoidable. I don't care who it is, what you do. That will happen. The question is, how do you rebound from that? You know what I'm saying? Because the father is the first man these women see. How can you grow up to be a virtuous woman? And we'll talk when we get into the scripture. Listen, let me just put this out there. You know, there is no virtuous woman who views herself as happily single. That is an oxymoron specifically in regards to what the word says and its definition of a, a, a virtuous woman. Proverbs 31 woman. The whole scripture, the whole term is based upon how a woman interacts with her family. 
what kind of wife she is, what kind of mother she is, how she is viewed by others in regards to how she takes care of her family. So please, any that that is the goal, and that should be the goal. And if that's not the goal, then please don't be out here calling yourself a virtuous woman. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're going to keep it honest tonight, man, because you can't talk about the word and sugarcoat it like like it says something that it doesn't say. Cause, you know what I'm saying? But we're going to talk. Courtney, any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, you just brought up some very good points because, I mean, I think a lot of women – you know, may have that, you know, false sense of security um, just in regards to where they are emotionally. And so I think this show will definitely, you know, be a wake-up call for them, but at the same time show them, you know, what it is that they need to do to get to that point. Right, right, absolutely. And so this this is going to be like one of those landmark shows, like a year from now, five years from now, we go back and I'm like, yo, Somebody post this show in the group because this is just going to really, for like for all time, define what a Proverbs 31 woman is, what a great woman is, what a virtuous woman is. You know, in the advertisement for tonight's show, I said, you know, unfortunately, a lot of women, they feel like worldly success, commercial success, financial success, educational success, sexual success, you know what I'm saying, you know, and I'll just let that ride. Y'all, you know, let you use your imagination is what I mean by that. But none of the, all of those things are are from a worldly perspective. All of those things are are something that will fade eventually. You know, the things that define what it means to be virtuous are you know are things that are of God, of of this of a spiritual nature. So we want to we want to talk about that tonight. Um, so and like I said, we're gonna, we got some time though. We got some time. I, I said something that was on my mind, you know, in regards to what we were just talking about. I know I'm skipping around, but I, do, I don't want to let that. I want once we get into it, we're not going to get out of it. So I just want to make sure we get everything out the way first. I posted something on my Facebook page earlier, and I was just thinking. I meant to post it like Saturday, but I was out and about. I saw Superman and fe- you know, listen, guys, can I just tell you something? <sighs> this stuff is everywhere. Okay, this stuff is everywhere. I'm watching, and if you guys saw Superman, you, you probably missed it. But if you did, if you haven't seen it, yet, look for it. There's a scene in Superman. I was half asleep to be honest. I was like knocked out, but because it wasn't that great of a movie to me. But I was happened to be up at one part of the movie, and while like Lois Lane was talking or Superman, somebody was talking. It's like a, a truck in the background, like right behind, you know, Clark. And, like, a big old Illuminati triangle, like the pyramid, is, like, right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, plain as day. It was like, you could tell it was, like, you know, purposely put there. Plain sight, it was there for at least a good five to ten seconds to make sure everybody saw. And that's how they do it. It's not like in your face, like, somebody's just going to say it. It'll be, like, something discreet, but but right there, you know, plain as day. You didn't see Superman, did you, Courtney? No, I didn't, but I, I trust you. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it was just like, I mean, it was like, yo, like, really? And I saw something in there, and I don't even want to speak this into existence, but, like, I'm watching, and, like, they will, I don't know, man. Like, movies are not just movies anymore. TV shows are not just TV shows anymore. The days of just entertainment are over. Understand that. Everything you see from this point on, I can promise you, 
even these comedies, even these children's movies, it's like these blockbusters, these disaster movies, World War Z, these are all political and social statements, okay? Everything, it's like the TV shows, the new normal, even Lost, as we're, I'm about to conclude Lost, I'm about to be finished uh, the whole series, and it's like one big battle between good and evil, and it's, it's getting very ridiculous and very blatant. So I just want to, like, encourage you guys to pay attention because we are seeing the end of the times. Like, they're wrapping things up. They're just putting stuff out there, like, to make these statements. And it's like, yo, this is who I stand for. And and these people, let me just tell you all this. Last thing I'm going to say about this is there's a decision that has to be made. There's going to have to be a choice. These people are declaring, I stand for Satan. That's why they are becoming so blatant. And so we as Christians are going to have to make an equally strong statement and say, this is who I stand for. This is what I stand for. And I said online earlier, I said it's crazy how so many quote-unquote Christians, and I'm not even using that in the real sense, I'm using that in quotes because they're not really Christians. I said it's crazy how many Christians will defend things that Jesus Christ hates. I said that's interesting. Because you'll never see Muslims defending things that Allah hates or Buddhists defending things that Buddha hates. You know what I'm saying, guys? You don't see I mean think about it, you don't see that stuff. Jewish people defending things that, that that Jews that are sacred to like Jews like you know what I'm saying? Like these are things that are pretty universal. And so my, I guess my only question I mean Courtney, have you noticed that? Like we are oh, the yeah. only the the only body of you know a, a religious you know group of people who does that who wavers like that and it's it's actually sickening to sit there and watch. Yeah, I, I see it all the time, especially um, you know just out in the world, but really in the group. Like you know, sometimes you know we have people there that are you know we are you know, very passionate about our faith. But when it's a topic about homosexuality, you'll see people come out of nowhere who say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but you shouldn't judge people because of their sexual preference. But these are things in the Bible that God hates. And and we talked about it, things that are an abomination. So we have to defend that. But I do notice when it's like topics like that, it's like that's when you start to see that division. It's ridiculous, man. Which is which is why Obama was elected to begin with. That's that's mm-hmm. when we talked about this several months ago. Like that's you know we talk about like they don't they don't elect people that these politicians they select them. These people are selected to further a certain agenda, you know. And Obama, well, he was selected to further the gay agenda. I mean, if you can't see the gay agenda over the last eight years, you, you're you're blind and you've been living under a rock. And so he was selected. Why? Because he's able to be very articulate and, you know, a di- he's a dynamic speaker. He can get the message out that we should be tolerant and, you know, support this stuff. But also he's black and he call- he considers himself or calls himself a Christian. So who else other than Obama? I mean, think about it. Pick anyone. There is no one. It's rhetorical. Anyone who could convince the black church as a whole that gay marriage is okay. I mean, there's no other person other than Obama. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a, a dynamic speaker, black man, y- pretty relatively young, Christian guy, family man, 
who is able to, you know, get the black vote and convince the black church, like, okay, yo, this is this is not that bad. That's why he was chosen. Let George Bush or let whoever the next Democratic person, you know, coming after him, they're not going to be able to do it. They wouldn't be able to do it. In fact, they probably wouldn't even be elected if they tried to do it. So just keep your eyes open to this stuff, guys. And this is, just so you know, this is what being a Christian looks like. And I'm not saying I'm perfect, but if you are not passionate about things that Jesus Christ is passionate about, well, then I I don't know how you can call yourself a follower of Christ. And as we get into our discussion on what it means to be a virtuous woman, we'll talk about what the Word says about how you carry yourself, who you stand for, what you stand for. You know, how are you perceived? Do when people, when men specifically, when they look at you, do they see God in you? Or do they see a, a, a nice piece of booty? You know, and if the answer to that question is the latter, well, that, that will explain why you're being targeted for sex and not being found by the man that God has for you. Well, you got to get your passion up. You know, get your faith up. Get your conviction up. You know what I'm saying? What do you stand for? And if you do stand for something, who knows you stand for that? Are you just a silent Christian? See, again, real virtuous women, women are, are passionate. That's, so let's well, um, let's get into it, man. Let's talk about this stuff. Um, let's start off with Proverbs thirty-one ten. You know what I mean, Courtney? We, we can talk about it. it. Says a wife, and this is the the NIV version that that I was. You know, reading from um, earlier on But it says, and your Bible may say something different But get those Bibles out so you can follow along Because we're literally going to go straight through Like this is, you know what I mean, like straight from the text You know what I mean, it says A wife of noble character Who who can find? You know, she is worth far more than rubies Which is interesting Because you know, we live in a society, and which is I mean, it's even more interesting than what I just thought I was about to say because I just thought of something different. But we live in a society that is dictated by money. You know, money makes the world go go around. I mean, these Satanists are literally worshiping the almighty dollar. Like, I mean, like literally, not just in a cliche type of way, like that little pyramid on the back of the dollar. You know, it says New World Order, Novus Ordo Seculum. Get your freaking dollar bills out, turn them over. It says Novus Ordo Seculum. I had a Latin teacher. He was crazy. They called it, his name was Mr. V. He, he drilled it. He was a Novus Ordo Seculum. No, he was like, I'm <laughs> tripping. Like, Novus Ordo Seculum. And now I'm looking at like, yo, this dude is tripping. I mean, he looked, he, I don't know. I don't know. He was just crazy. But I remember that as like third grade. And so, I, but I never knew what it meant. Novus ordo seclarum. That is Latin for New World Order. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, guys? New World Order. That's on the back of the dollar bill. So, and, and that is, you know, when they speak of the New World Order in the Bible, they say, well, the, the mark will be six six six. So these people, when they talk about money and you know, they're throwing up these 666 symbols with their fingers, and, you know, they're worshiping the dollar. But that little eye you see, that represents Satan. So, 
my point with this is, says who can find a virtuous woman, a woman of noble character, someone who respects herself, who loves Jesus Christ, who is not afraid to show it. She's worth everything that society is based on. Well, if you turn on the TV, if you turn on the, the read the, the magazines, and you know you look at you know the radio and these entertainers, well, everything they want to market you to think that or market you know and and I guess through propaganda convince you guys that to be a virtuous woman, to be a successful woman, you have to be an independent woman. Well, what's an independent woman? Well, a woman, independent woman, is someone who has her money in order. You know, bills, bills, bills. I can pay my own bills, all that stuff. I could do all this. I can do X, Y, and Z from a monetary standpoint. But the but the Bible says that's that's Beyonce talking. That's you know these these artists talking. That's society talking. That's the media talking. That's not the Bible talking. The Bible says that a wife of noble character is is worth far more than rubies. But see, don't get caught up on that that term rubies because that is just an example of what we're talking about from a, from a financial standpoint but you see it's a, a wife of noble noble character is worth more than rubies meaning she's worth more than money she's worth more than education she's worth more than status she's worth more than that masters or phd those things don't matter they're saying that a woman of noble character is the ultimate woman. All that financial stuff, educational, materialistic stuff does not matter. You understand that, guys? So please understand, your financial pro- portfolio does not matter in the grand scheme of things. In fact, it, it, it's not even in the equation of what we're talking about, of what Proverbs 31 discusses. Nowhere in here does it say anything about how much money you have or your level of education. So all this foolishness about, well, i got to have a man who has this or an educated man or a man who works here or a man who has this or has done that or has traveled here, that, listen, none of that matters, ladies. And in fact, you're messing yourselves up by thinking that it does. Because you're, you're like you're basically playing yourself. You're thinking that all these things make you a great woman or a virtuous woman, but the Bible clearly says a woman of noble character is worth far more than rubies. Well, how does that make you look? What are your thoughts on that, Courtney? I think you know I, it's so great that you know we're going over this because you know what stood out to me well a lot of things about that's just one verse was the fact that it said who can find her so it's not even you know a virtuous woman is not something common you know not every woman is virtuous and it's just good to really just talk about it and you brought up something really um good when you said that you know a lot of women say that their men have to have this that and the other and i hear so many times i hear women say well he has to be on my level and i like i heard that so much and it's just it's silly and i'll be honest i was like one of those people too but it really none of that stuff even matters and if you notice like you know um you know those that there, are, I mean, there are women out there that have less education. Maybe they don't have the best car. Maybe they don't have a lot of money. But a lot of times those women get wiped up and they're married, you know, because they, they have that humility about them that um, a lot of women don't possess, unfortunately. 
Right, and and it's that humility that's going to take you to the next level. It's the the noble character because let's be honest out here. You know, a lot of women, you know, the I mean, this is what the Bible says. But aside from that, when you just talk to men, it's like that's the problem. Nobody out here is talking to men. You never. There's nowhere other than this show that you can turn on your TV or listen to your radio and hear an accurate and again. Hear me when I say an accurate depiction of how men think. You might hear some stuff. I remember, oh, I don't know if it's still on, but it was like uh, on TV One. What was that show, Courtney? Um, Black Black Men Revealed. Black yeah, Men Revealed. You go. I mean, listen, I'm not a hater. Like, I'll watch something. Like, if I see something, I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. I'll support. I'm all about positivity. If I see somebody, like, if I see them keeping it real from a biblical perspective, yo, I'm all for it. I will promote it. I will tell you to listen to it. I listen. I'm. I don't hate on nobody who's living for Jesus Christ. Period. You know what I mean? But that show is trash. You have a show called Black Men Revealed that's supposedly telling you how men feel, and you got a bunch of losers up there, a bunch of non-elite men talking about foolishness. And I'm like, yo, like I would love to be on a a, top, a panel like that, and I would be like, they, they'd be looking at me like I was crazy because I'd be saying something totally different. And every, you know what I'm saying? So you got to, it's it's one thing to say, okay, I'm, I this is what I think men want, okay? But, you you know, it's probably not it. You understand? Like, I mean, these dudes were, like, fighting over and debating over, like, who had the biggest butt and this and that. Like, they were serious about it. They weren't just talking about it matter-of-factly, like men in the barbers. I mean, these dudes were, like, really going hard. I'm like, yo, these dudes are clowns, man. You know what I mean? Absolute clowns. Um, but anyway, so there's there's that, you know, a wife of noble character who can find. Listen, when I was out there, and this is how I know this scripture is true. Me and my homies would go out with with like with magnifying glasses. You know what I mean? Like seriously, just scoping the the rooms and scoping churches and going on trips and. I mean, bit comp- I mean, you name it, we were there looking. And I'm talking, when I say looking, I mean looking for a, a wife, looking for someone who could even maybe, you know, be a potential wife. But it was like, and that was like 10 years ago, you know what I mean? Like, it was impossible. It was impossible then. You know, and so trust me, if nobody else would tell you, I'm telling you this scripture is real. It's in today's society and I mean, any society, really, it's almost impossible for a man to find a truly virtuous woman. And how we talk about it, we call that woman an emotionally available woman. We call her a woman with a great personality. We call that woman with a very high level of respectability. That is what a virtuous woman is in a nutshell. But you know what I'm saying, which is unfortunately very hard to find. If you want to become that, call me. You know what I mean? We can talk about it. We can start the process. But but just know, even if you think you are, you're probably not, because I've never done a free session with an emotionally available woman. Like, you you know how you see those ads, guys, and I'm like, everybody reaches out, you reach out, and we, we start the process? Like, I, and we're talking about over 500 women, me personally, not one has been emotionally available when they start. So I'm telling you, if you think you are right now, you're, I'm just being, it's not a bad thing. You're probably not, which is why you're single, which is why you got to reach out, and we can get you there. 
But you got to reach out. You got to start the process. Don't think everything is okay. You know what I'm saying? And even if it's like a minor thing, it, and that could be the difference between you being found and not being found. So, not to beat a dead horse, but that first one is actually my favorite one. A wife of noble character who can find, for she is worth far more than rubies, far more than anything that this world can offer, because you cannot buy character. Classic. Anything else you want to say about that before we move on uh Verse 11? No, we can move forward. Man, look, guys, we're talking tonight. You know, that's just what we're, you know, very simple, very straightforward. We're literally going straight through Proverbs 31. But as always, the phone lines are open, 646-200-0366. Hit the number one if you have a question or comment. I suspect this is going to be one of those shows where people just want to tune in just to listen, just to just to know. You know what I mean? This is this is Bible study right now. Forget this ain't a talk show. This is straight from the scripture. I suspect we won't have too many women debating the, the word of God. I mean, I could be wrong though. What do you think, Courtney? No, no one's gonna call in and say some crazy stuff. And if they do, that's they gotta take that up with God because we're talking about the Bible here. Right, right. They call back tomorrow. We'll probably be live tomorrow. Give us a call back if you want to debate. You know what I mean? But seriously, we're just having some fun tonight. Um, the next one, and this is a, another good. And the whole thing is good, but her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. Okay, now let's talk about that. Just, just before we even, and I didn't even do a. I, this is just straight off the top. I wanted it to be authentic. I wanted it to be not that it wouldn't be, but I mean, like I'm literally reading what you guys are reading. No no notes, no preparation, just the straight, just the word. You know what I mean? And and, and as I'm reading this, I'm just, I want it to be authentic. Like, I want it to come straight from, like, the top of my head, you know, a, as a man. Because when I hear this, what I see, what I, what I, you know what I'm saying, is her husband. Can we stop right there for a second, Courtney? Yeah, because, we can. And I don't want to <laughs> offend anybody. Because I know there are a lot of single listeners, but I think you guys know what I'm about to say. You know what I mean? Like, it, we're talking about Proverbs 31 and what it means to be a virtuous woman. So, in fact, even the first scripture, a wife of noble character, her husband has full confidence. I don't know, Chris, what does that tell you just as a woman? That you know, a virtuous woman is married. She's not single. She's spoken Thank for. Thank you. Thank you. Now, if you now if you disagree with that, I know this is going to be considered a controversial show because it's it's going to hurt feelings. It's going to make people uncomfortable. I am not these other guys out here. Okay, I don't have a problem making people uncomfortable. In fact. That's what I, I look forward to doing because the best medicine does not taste good. The best cancer treatment will be chemotherapy or surgery, and it will be very invasive and unpleasant, but it will save your life. This advice is the best advice possible because you know it hits you in the gut. All these jokes and all the foolishness, all the games, that's not relationship advice. That's entertainment. Real relationship advice is not funny. It actually hurts. 
That you ever heard that the truth hurts? Exactly. If it didn't hurt, it wouldn't be the truth. Because life is not pretty. And the reality is that, yes, what are we saying? Yes, a virtuous woman has a husband. A, a Proverbs 31 woman, it's about a married woman, in case you guys haven't gotten that yet. It's not about single women. Proverbs 31, so you can stop saying you're a virtuous woman if you're not married. Now, I'm going to let me unpack that a little bit before people start hanging up the phone like before they start logging off. Listen, it's not, I mean, Courtney's not married. She's not even in a relationship. However, she is actively working to better herself and is on the way to becoming that virtuous woman. She is striving to be the virtuous woman. Courtney's one of the best women that I personally know. You understand that? So let's get any craziness out of your mind. Oh, she ain't right. No, trust me. She's one of the best women that I know. So what I'm saying is it's not about whether you're married or you're not. It's about, one, where your mind is. It's about where your heart is. And it's about what are you doing to become this scripture. You understand that? So, so it's like some of y'all are content being single. And a virtuous woman clearly is not content being single. She's actually married. So if you you at least got to be striving to prepare yourself to get married. A lot of people say, well, look, you know, what kind of stuff do you do with these emotional availability assessments? Well, this is what we do. We prepare you to become the virtuous woman. You're not a virtuous woman yet if you don't have a husband that has full confidence in you and lacks nothing of value. You're not a virtuous woman if you don't have a noble character and a man is very rare and you are very rare in the eyes of men. You know what I'm saying? If you're caught up and consumed with money and society's definition of women who have money, well, then you're not a virtuous woman. Now, again, this is straight from the Bible. You know what I'm saying? The chap, uh, Proverbs 31, verse uh, 10, and we're now on 11. But let's talk about so I and that's not even that's like on a whole nother that's not even really the point of this scripture, but this is a point that I want to make in regards to the scripture. A virtuous woman is married. She has a husband. Wow, this is deep stuff, man. I didn't even realize it was that deep. Corey, I didn't even plan on talking about that. <laughs> but we have to. We have to. Yeah. I talked to you earlier today and we didn't we we I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna put together this out. I said, wait a minute. Why do I need an outline? Because the, the this is the outline, right? You know what I'm saying they, the is is not even nothing else to say. I mean, it's straightforward. It is what it is. It's right you know? there. It's it's right there in front of your face. With I mean, and people will argue you down. Oh, I'm a great woman. Or I'm I'm happily single. I'm I'm a great woman, so I don't need a man. How do you not need a man? And you consider yourself a virtuous woman when the, a virtuous woman is married. I mean, like it is what it is. So a virtuous woman says here, her husband has full confidence in her. Oh, my gosh, I love this. I love this so much, man, and lacks nothing of value. Well, let's talk about what that means. That's, and it's funny because I think about my wife when I think about this because it's like there are a lot of men out here who are married or are in relationships or even dealing with certain women and one of the reasons why they're not really viewing that woman as their future or as someone they even want to have a future with, and maybe they are stringing a woman along. In fact, 
the the rebroadcast of last night's show or Friday night, one of those nights was how to avoid being strung along. And I know last night was how to avoid being cheated on. And so a lot of times if you find yourself in those situations, you've really got to look at the mentality of the man and ask yourself, well, how does he view you? Does he view you in, it? like, is he confident in you? Like, does he love you? Does he trust you? Because, think, I mean, please understand this, ladies. Please, please, please understand this. We're, and Courtney and I are actually going to be doing a show coming up maybe later on this week, maybe tomorrow actually, on the games that are being played out here in relationships. And what I mean by games is this. And, again, I'm not blaming women at all because, the, the, like I tell you guys every night, a lot of times and most times the men are the root cause of the games. A lot of these men are total bastards. What do I mean by that? Well, the men will be dealing with a woman who they will manipulate into thinking that they are in an exclusive relationship or in a monogamous situation, because they'll tell them, like, well, we're not together, but I'm not having sex with nobody else. They're like, okay, I guess that's not what I want, but I guess that's good enough for me, or good enough for right now. And so they're out here having sex with other women, and so when the woman finally, you know, finds out, well, she's pissed off. She's like, oh, oh, that nigga, he want to be doing this and that. So I'm going to go out and do this and that. So now you have the men out here having sex, stringing the woman along, and because the woman is being strung along, she's saying, well, I'm not going to sit there and waste my time dealing with you. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to deal with so-and-so. One thing leads to another. Eventually she's having sex with him and occasionally having sex with her quote-unquote boyfriend, and it's one big game, one big game of HIV Russian roulette. You know what I'm saying? You know, past the chlamydia. You know, that's, you know, spin the syphilis. Wow. You know, I'm, wow. That's what it is. That's what it is. You know, people, you going out getting treated. Now you got to get treated. I smash something else off, give it back to you. You go get treated. You give it back. It's like craziness. And then these are real situations. So I guess what I'm saying is even though a lot of times the men are the reason for the games, or they are the originator of the games in many cases. Not all the time. A lot of times these women are just hoes and out there doing whatever. But most times in these relationship situations, these men are out here doing whatever. And so they, the man ends up seeing what the woman is doing. He catches wind of it, and then so he doesn't trust her. And I guess what I'm trying to tell you all is that, understand this, ladies, it's impossible to trust a man, impossible to trust a man, ladies, who does not trust you. And I'm just trying to tell you all that these games that you're playing have consequences. There will be definite consequences of playing the games of wilding out sexual games, mental games, physical games, whatever it is. And that's, But that's not what the scripture is. How can you be a virtuous woman when you're playing games? Your husband has to trust you. It doesn't say trust, but it says he has to have full confidence in you. And and your abilities and what you bring to the table, you know, and, and and who you are, who you represent. If you're lukewarm, it's like, okay, can he really trust you? And right now we're not talking about men. Like, well, what about the men? No, 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 no. It's not about the men. It's about, this says what she does. It says she, you know, is the type of woman where her husband will have full confidence in her. And he will lack nothing of value, meaning 
she will do everything that she needs to do to make sure he has what he needs, and those things are things that he sees value in. That whole second verse could be a whole thing right there, a second part of the verse. He lacks nothing of value. And I think about my life is I really don't lack anything. I mean, I've always been a go-getter just in and of itself, but, you know, that's just me as a person. But just when I factor my wife into it, now that I look back, a lot of this stuff that you see from a, a career standpoint, the show, the business, everything you see she has had a hand in, a very silent hand in, mind you. She's, you know, she's not out there like that. She's not on Facebook or like that. She kind of does her own thing in that regard. But, you know, it, it's, it makes it possible. She makes it possible for me to do what I need to do, the things that I consider value, the things that Courtney sees value, the things that you guys listening in, you guys know this show is filled with value. Well, that's, I'm not lacking that. She makes that possible. You understand that, guys? So I'm just using that as an example, using her as an example. Her husband has full confidence in her, and he lacks nothing of value. She goes out here. I don't have to worry about men on her Facebook page telling her how sexy she is. I don't have to worry about her walking around with her breasts out, her booty out. Throwing her, like, that's not even, those aren't thoughts that I have. I don't have to worry about the, the cheating or the games or the, the lies. or the, That's not you know, an issue of mine. What does that mean? It means I have full confidence in her. And if your husband is not saying the same things about you because he's not sure how you would conduct yourself in a situation out in public, where say you are attracted by, an, or excuse me, approached by an attractive man, does he know how you would deal with that? Or would you be all flirty and smiley face? You know, if that's the case, and you know, I mean, you, and, you know, is there a little friend at work who you, you know, you have some inappropriate behavior with, inappropriate conversation? That's not, you're not a virtuous woman, because it would be impossible for that man to have full, full confidence in you. This is deep stuff, Courtney. What do you think about that? Because you know, back in the day, you, you know, you used to be a game player. <laughs> yeah, I was notorious for playing those kind you know, playing those kind of games, and where that came from was just me feeling like I was giving a lot and not getting it back in return. So I felt like I could, you know, act like a man and, you know, do what the men did. And, you know, I don't know why I thought that maybe I could have some type of control or advantage over the situation. And when it was all said and done, that's not what happened at all. Like, we don't have that control. But I I'm, I do want to add, like, one more thing, um, just in regards to this um, verse, um, when it says that, you know, he has full confidence in her. Another thing I think um, some women have uh, a problem um, with is they will go out and, you know, if something's going on with, you know, their husband, like, you know, they have a disagreement, they will go out and discuss their business with their friends. And they'll tell them everything, just disrespecting him. So, I mean, that does. I think that I look at it like, does he have confidence that you will keep matters, you know, between the two of you? Or will you go out and tell everybody and their mother when you have one argument and then have everybody looking at him like he's crazy? So, <laughs> I don't know. That's what I, that's what I think. Mm, 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 mm. You just said a lot right there. That's You're right. That That happens all the time. And I can tell you all, ladies, that is not okay. It's not okay to talk to your friends 
about your your life, your relationship. That is between you and him. There is not a man on the planet who wants your girlfriends or your male friends knowing anything about your relationship. So the question is, do does he have full confidence in you? Or does he have to does he not trust you? Does he not trust that you will respect his relationship or your relationship, I should say? So, I think I mean this is deep stuff right here, man. Like the Bible is crazy. You know what I mean? Like, like God is crazy, man. Like, he puts some classic information in the Bible. Like, it's, like, ridiculously crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's so deep. Like, it's not even, there's, like, nothing surfacy about it. And it, it's, like, it's the ultimate relationship book. It's crazy. So many people are out here writing relationship books, and, you know, it's crazy. They're trying to put their own spin on something. But what people don't realize is, the the Bible is is a relationship book. It's, it's the ultimate relationship book. That's why I wouldn't I wouldn't even try to put out anything, you know, that was not from a biblical perspective. Because it's like, what the heck? I mean, it's already been said, you know. So it is what it is, man. This is these. I see a call on the line though. We'll take calls. We'll take calls. We're, we're not even like. Hopefully, we'll have time. We may have to do a part two. I don't know because I want to. I want to <laughs> get through the whole thing. But I mean. Look, I mean, we're just on the second verse here, and it's already ten o'clock. I mean, I'm, I, I'd like to go to bed before midnight. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, I said, "Dang, Danny, can I do it? Can you mind if I do a show tonight?" She said, "Oh yeah, sure." I, I mean, I said, "All right." Well, I don't think she expected me to do a three hours. No, I'm just playing. She doesn't care. She's <laughs> chilling, man. So I, see, I just be messing with y'all. You know, y'all be like, "Oh, this juicy." Oh, she, he's he's in trouble. <laughs> he's in trouble. He ain't an elite man. His wife, he in trouble. He get off the. Come on, man. I'll do this show till five in the morning, Paul. You know what I'm saying? No, but seriously, it's it's all about, you know, she supports. And so shout out to her. Shout out to my wife. She did a uh did a uh her first race. She's now doing I told y'all a couple of weeks ago, she's doing uh Black Girls Run. It's a little organization. They run, you know, long distances, staying in shape. She just did a what almost a four mile race today over in Baltimore, so she she finished. She did did well. So congratulations to her. Go ahead and if you know her, shoot, shoot her a little message, a little something, inbox, whatever. Saying congrats. Uh, what else? But yeah, six four six two zero 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 three six six. Hit the number one. You keep at. See a call here from the nine four zero area code. Welcome to the Data on Tober Show. Hey, <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you uh, for. Um the verse um, that said, uh, like, that she is a wife. Like, I never looked at it like that. So I just thank you for breaking it down, and I'm glad to finally tune in. Like, I liked your Facebook a long time ago, and I'm like, I want to listen to that. <laughs> and I what, finally what the did, heck? So. What, are, you, are you a first-time listener? Yeah, this is my first time. Oh, man, where, where have you been at? Like, you just been seeing the person. I don't know. Person. I always see all your stuff, and I'm like, oh, I always I listen to so many of these, like, call things. <laughs> so it's just like, dang, do I want to listen to that one or this one? So, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I, I appreciate it. Where are you calling in from? I'm from Denton. D- where is that? Denton, Texas, North Texas. I'm okay. out here studying at the University of North Texas, yeah. 
Cool, cool. Well, look, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you for being a first-time listener. We always have first-time listeners, and I'll tell you the same thing. I tell every time, everybody, every time we get a uh, first-timer, definitely check out the archives. This is this is going to be a good show. This is a good show, but man, you want to you want you you to listen to like some of these past shows, specifically last what Wednesday show, the one I was just talking about earlier in regards to that whole Jay Z situation and. That was probably like the best show of all time, honestly. But a lot of good shows in the archive, and any, anybody who's um, looking to get caught up, iTunes, you know, all shows, just type in Daydon Tolbert Show on iTunes. All the shows pop up. Um, com is where all the archives are, so just check us out. Let's keep it moving, though. But, yeah, that's it's funny. She thanked me for that. I'll be honest with you. Listen, that was – you got to thank God because I'm just – I, like I said, that was that just popped into my head at that very moment. That was something God wanted me to tell you because it's it's amazing. Virtuous women are wives, and it, I, I, out of here, that's the first time I thought of it. When I said it, it's the first time I've ever thought about that. I'm not gonna sit there and lie to you. Oh yeah, no, nah, I just just thought of that. Courtney, had you ever thought of it in that from that perspective? No, not at all. Mm-mm. That's why you gotta read the Bible. See, people don't read the Bible. People will say like, and I was one of them, like. I was one of those people who didn't really read the Bible like that. But, like, when you really read the Bible, it will speak to you. God will speak to you, and he will show you things. And it'll, it'll like, change your life, like stuff that you can't even think of or fathom on your own. But when you read the Bible, it's like, yo, wow, I didn't even know that. It's just, like, life-changing stuff. I'll probably, I can probably guarantee nobody will ever talk about it in that way. You know what I mean? Like, wow, virtuous women are wives. It's crazy out. It's a lot of single women who think they're virtuous women, Courtney. <laughs> I know. I see it on Facebook all the time. Yo, they got these groups, virtuous women of this, virtue. No, well, all right. <laughs> Look, I don't want to make anybody mad, but it's, again, don't. I don't want it to be taken the wrong way. We're having some fun with it, but don't take it in a bad way. It's all about are you? what are you striving for? What's your goal? What's your mentality? Do you think you're on this? Are you on this Beyonce thing? Oh, I'm happily single. All my single ladies throw your hands. All this crazy crap. Or are you saying, look, I'm gonna work on myself so that I can become a true Proverbs 31, a virtuous woman. All right, let's get back into it. So, uh, her husband has full confidence and lacks nothing of value. I think we've exhausted that one. I think you get it. Uh, verse 12. And again, straight from the Bible. Open up those books, man. Get the, get the duster off. Get up and get the dusted off real quick. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and um, open it up because this is straight from the Word. Um, verse 12 says, she brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. And and that's what it is. You know, when when you turn on your TVs, your radios, we hear a lot about what women want. From a man, it's like okay, you see chili. It's like oh, I gotta, I, I got this list, or I gotta have these. You've gotta have this. You've gotta work here. And I didn't forget about that question in the group that uh, I think Dave uh, posted. We're gonna talk about that. You know, we're gonna talk about some specific situations of what a virtuous woman looks like, what she doesn't look like. You know, what type of mentality would define a great woman versus a not so great uh, mentality. So, but. There's a lot of focus being put on what he can do for her, what she wants to have in her life. But this says that a virtuous woman will bring him good, not harm, 
all the days of her life, meaning she will be catering to him. That's why I tell you all that a Beyonce song, that Destiny Child song, was, was so great. It's, it was a great song, and it is a great song. It was an underrated song because people didn't grasp the importance of it at the time or even now. It's like we did a whole show. If you Google Cater to You, I know we have a first-time listener Listen, If you Google Cater to You on the Dayton Tolbert Show, listen to that show where we literally played the song and then dissected the lyrics of the song in regards to what it means to really cater to your man and how that literally is the perfect song if you want to be uh, found by a... Uh, an elite man. In fact, we di- dissected another one of Beyonce's songs uh, more recently. That song she had, um, uh, One Plus One. One Plus, I'm sorry, well, we did that, we did that, but not one, that's not the one I'm thinking about. Countdown. Do you remember that show we did on that course? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that was like, a, it was weird because it, it was like an unplanned show. Like, there's probably not a show you can Google that says Countdown, but I probably wouldn't even remember what show that was on, but I know we ended up doing a whole breakdown of, of the countdown songs. That's another, she sticks up on you, man. Beyonce has some of the most horrible and, and detrimental songs in, that have ever been made in the history of, of music in regards to specifically African-American women and why they are, you know, the damage that they've done to black women. But at the same time, she has some a few all-time classic songs that's why you know this is spiritual warfare. You know she's she's under the the influence of something, which is a demon basically, because there's no way you can be that hot and cold. There's no way. Like Sierra isn't that hot and cold. Janet Jackson isn't that hot and cold. Nicki Minaj isn't even that hot and cold. I mean, to be able to make powerful music that epitomizes exactly what love is, and she's even made some of my personal favorite gospel songs. My, Beyonce has. She's made some of my favorite all-time love songs and my favorite gospel songs of all time. But at the same time, she's obviously made some of the most horrible and damaging songs that could possibly made for for a woman. It's amazing. I mean, is that not amazing to you that you could, you could be that hot and cold? Yeah, that that's crazy. And I, I'm glad you pointed it out. She really is the only one. That's like that. Right, the only one. There's no yeah. other artist in the history of music who has had that powerful effect, you know, that and could just sway from left to right. That's just that's just like it, and it's there's nothing like you know, Courtney, if you can't explain something and something doesn't make sense, you already <laughs> know <laughs> it's straight from Satan. Mhm. It's uh, it's and uh, it's we're dealing with for- forces outside of, you know, uh, this world. Let's talk about. Uh, uh, so I mean, so I think that one's pretty straightforward. She brings him hard. Uh, she, excuse me. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. That's just what it is. Uh, what else? Uh, verse thirteen. She selects wool and flax and works with with eager hands. And I like this <clears throat> because she's very. This basically says she's very diligent. She's not lazy. She's not a procrastinator. She doesn't just wait for things to come her way and just go with the flow. But she's a leader. And I'm not talking about leading her husband or leading her. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about she. she's passionate about things, and she goes above and beyond 
to follow her dreams. So we t- we talked a couple uh, about a week ago about you know women approaching men and, and you know and taking the initiative to you know say hello or introduce themselves and you know what that would look like and how that would be received by a man looking for a wife and you know a lot of women say well I'm shy and this and that well this right here she's she she works with eager hands <clears throat> you know what I'm saying and I believe I interpret that to mean a lot of different things obviously she selects the finest fabrics you know she she does she works her work has quality. She selects wool and flax, and what, you know what I'm saying. Like she's she's doing the things that she's supposed to do. She has a high high standards. She's not a loser. She's not a psycho, you know. And she but and so this encompasses everything. She's very passionate about what she's passionate for, and she she's a go getter. She goes what, what gets and what she, gets what she wants, whether that's a career, a car, a house, a man. Uh, you know, a husband, whatever it is, she works with eager hands. What do you think about that uh, that particular verse, Courtney? I, I that's powerful. Um, what I took from it also was basically, in in a nutshell, she's not a gold digger. She's not looking, you know, for a man to take care of her and just like not do anything. Like it's some women out there like that. You know, they don't pull their own weight. And so, yeah, that's a good verse. Excellent. I like that. There you go. See, that's why I like having you. you that you're right on it. That's it. That's I, I didn't even think of that. She's not a gold digger, and that speaks directly to not being a gold digger. Some women will be okay with being a baby mom, getting 500 a month that's supposedly for child support, but really it goes to, to finance her party and lifestyle. You know what I mean? She, she she's taking the easy route by stripping on a, a a pole. You know what I mean? As opposed to working a nine to five that may pay less, but she likes to fast two thousand dollars a week, uh, or even two thousand dollars a night. You know, income. No, mm-hmm. it says she selects the finest of fabrics and works with eager hands, meaning she doesn't mind putting in the hard work to do things the right way. Because if you go back to the verse one. She is of noble character. Gold diggers don't have a noble character. All right? You got to show me a, a, a pastor who, who preaches from Proverbs 31. You show me one. You know what I'm saying? Just I'm just asking, Corey, why are so many pastors afraid to tell black women what a virtuous woman really is? Why is that? Because they want, they want those checks to come in. <laughs> they want those they want checks to come bridge. in. It, they want that bread. <laughs> man, it's a sin and a disgrace that these pastors are afraid to talk. I mean, this is this is this is the Bible. Pastors are supposed to preach in the Bible. Pastors have congregations that consist of ninety percent black women. So why on earth would you not preach from Proverbs thirty-one? And I'm not talking about a watered-down sermon. You know what I mean about some craziness. But I'm talking about what we're talking about. This this should be from the pulpit. <clears throat> I'm no pastor. I'm no reverend. I'm no minister. But why is this the realest sermon that any pastor would have ever given? I'm just being honest. That's right. a shame. That's a shame. You know, because this, is, this isn't my job. I mean, it is my job, but, you know, but it is what it is. I get it. I'm not saying I don't get it. I, you know, got to. I see the difference. You see, I'm not. Somebody said well, you worried about ratings. Somebody, I said ratings. I said I'm on Blog Talk Radio. I don't care about no ratings. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm worried about saving souls and making an impact. Right. If I was on worried about ratings, I'd be on NBC somewhere, ABC, you know, DWDAS, Power 99, Hot 97. Like, that's not hard to do. You just got to know the right people. I mean, that's believe me, that's not a hard. I've been on the air for six years. I could do a lot of things in entertainment if I cho- chose to. But it's about doing it the right way, doing it Jesus Christ way. <clears throat> so that's that. Um, but it says the next one, uh, verse 14 says, <clears throat> she's like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. Some people are listening like, what the heck does that mean? What you going to say about that? Well, I mean, it, it's easy. See, back in the day and even now, you know, the or I'll say back in the day, the finest spices, the finest wines, they came from different places. You know, like now, like if you want the best, I don't know, I'm just going to use this as an example, the best Italian food, you go to Italy. You know, like, it's kind of like when people wanted spices, they were trying to go out to, like, India. You know what I mean? And so when you export things in, a lot of times that's how you get the best quality. And so that's what the Bible is comparing these the virtuous woman to. is saying, well, that's what she's like. You know, she's she's bringing, she's like these ships that come from afar because she's the best. If somebody wants the best and they go out and get the virtuous woman, if you guys catch the analogy, she brings her food from afar. As I also interpret that to mean that she's not a cheapskate. You know, she 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 gets she only wants the best for her family. She's not the and I, and again I, you can shop at Walmart, you can shop at Target, but as long as that quality is good, you're not going and skimming off the top getting some cheap crap just to save a couple bucks. That's what this says. It says she's like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. Well, what's afar? The finest quality is afar. Everybody knows that. Anything you wanted to add to that one? No, because honestly, I'll be honest, when I first read it, I wasn't, like, sure what that meant. So it was good that you, you know, really broke that verse down. Like, that's that's awesome. That's all I can say. No, nah, nah, God broke it down. I, I read it and said, what the heck is this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I said the same thing you said. You know what I'm saying? But that's what I'm saying to y'all. Like, I'm reading this just like you guys are. That's God. I'm telling y'all, I'm no biblical scholar. See, people listen to me. I want you guys to be clear because I keep it honest with you. I keep it real. I'm no better than you. I mean, yeah, this is the Day Down Tolbert show, but I struggle, you struggle, you know, just a couple years ago, I was doing things from a different... I've always been helping women. We've been in business since 2003, but it was not always from a strictly biblical perspective. It was always from a real perspective. It was always from a personal experience perspective, but it wasn't always really from a biblical perspective. So I'm just telling you all that this reading the Word will show you things and it will transform your whole mentality. Okay? Um, what else, though? She gets up, and this is verse 15... Um, she gets up while it is still dark. This is a classic scripture right here. She gets up while it's still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. Wow, man, this is so, so deep. This is crazy right here. This is really crazy. What does this say to you? It says to me that she is a giving woman like she's not selfish she is thinking of others 
you know, because a lot of women out there is just all about themselves. And, you know, even those with children, you know, they'll look better than their, their children and have the flyest outfits on, but their kids aren't taken care of. Right, right. Well, I, I really love this because what I think of is my mom. You know, because you got to really read this. It says, you know, I mean, every single word is important here. This is maybe my new favorite out of all of them. She gets up while it is still dark. What that means is that she's up while her husband is sleeping, while her family is sleeping, while the servants are sleeping. That that's how hard that again, she's working all day. That's not excluding the things that she does throughout the day. See, a lot of women they think that just because they work they get some type of cookie. Oh, I do this. I work. I have this type of job. Not, you don't. You don't get a cookie. You don't get a star next to your name because you have a job. You're supposed to do that. You're independent. You pay your own bills. Whoop de doo. That's what you're supposed to do. But a virtuous woman doesn't just work her nine to five job when everyone else works the nine-to-five job and then comes home and chills and then goes to bed, she is still up working to provide food for her family. We're going to get to the second part of it, but that is that is amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing right there. She gets up while it's still dark. And and even that, I mean, she she does that, but then also that also could mean she just wakes up early as well. She could go. I mean, she goes to bed late, and she gets up early. And I think of my wife. I and mean, my wife stays up a lot of times. I may be on the air. She may be getting Aubrey ready for bed and putting her to bed. And she gets up early, goes to work. You know, I do what I do, but she still does her part. She still gets up when it's still dark. She provides for her family, which is which is what a virtuous woman does. Again, it's it's not for her. Please, you guys, please understand this. Society wants you to think that being independent makes you a good woman or a virtuous woman. This whole thing, but specifically verse 15, is talking about, yes, she works. Yes, she makes money. Yes, she has nice things. But it's for her family. It's not to buy a Gucci bag so she can impress her girlfriends and go out to the club trying to impress a man. No, she provides for her family. That's the reason for her hard work, not just to stack up her bank account, not just to say she has X, Y, and Z. Oh, not, oh, I have a Ph.D. Okay, great, but what does your family have? Oh, do you even have a family? Are you even working to get a family? Mm-hmm. That's what's important. That's this, That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? This scripture is is off the chain, you know. This is um, now, but see now, now there's that. But then on the second part, it says and portions for her servant girls. Why does it specify her servant girls? I I took that to say that she was she's a giving woman, so not just like her family, but out outside of that, like she's just giving. Absolutely, absolutely. She's it's 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 exactly what it says, Courtney. It's something. It's a little something else that I want to add to. But absolutely, a lot of women, a lot of people, but specifically in this verse, a lot of women are just concerned about themselves, and they're just concerned about their families. 
But that's not all that this woman, that a virtuous woman does. It says, and she's thinking about the servants. She's not just having her notes. See, because a lot of women will look down on the help. They look down on people who work at McDonald's. They will look down on people who don't have the real Gucci bag or don't have the Louboutin heels. They look. They feel as though they are better. A virtuous woman doesn't look down on anybody. She provides for her family, and she says, well, look, this is what we have for dinner. Here's something for you. But in addition to that, it, does, it doesn't say, and portions for the servants. It says for her servant girls. They probably have male servants and female servants, but the wife isn't messing around in the middle of the night while it's still dark with the male servants. She's only given the portions to the female servants so to avoid any impropriety impropriety because if you scroll back up it says her husband has full confidence in her and it means he trusts her completely and she ain't messing around with no servant dudes. You know? She's only worried about the girls. They're only the girl sleepovers. You think about it's crazy, right, Courtney? Yeah, because I wasn't, you know, I was looking at it at a very surface level. Like, I didn't even think about that, like, how deep that was. But, wow, that makes sense, though. Wow, thank you. It's a lot of people out there who are not even, a lot of women aren't even concerned with how their actions will be perceived. You know what I'm saying? You have to be conscious of, okay, would my husband be okay with this? Yeah, I'm up at the middle of the night. I'm cooking some bacon and eggs for the family, but, you know, I want to give some scraps to the servants, but I don't want him to think that anything is going on, so I'm not even going to do that. And I'm just saying, ladies, you got to be you got to be aware of that. You want to be aware. You want to be aware of what you're wearing. Do, do you have a, 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 a neckline that, that when you bend over to pick up the pen that you dropped, will you be giving somebody a show? When you bend over... What what does your booty look like? I'm just saying, see, a lot of people see, like, I see a lot of that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, are you aware of that? Because some of y'all are not aware, and you end up giving people shows, uh, and other others of you are aware, and you do it on purpose. Keep it real, Courtney. Do you know what I'm talking about? Women, you know, they have a V-neck T-shirt on or, or a low-cut shirt, and they know, like, you're not stupid. Like, you know when you bend over, like, it, but there will be men all around, and they'll just be doing it, like, not even caring. Yeah. Yeah, I see that all the time. It's like, actually ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Cover that up, ladies. Your man is not okay with that. It's crazy stuff out here, man. Yo, this this. This is one of my favorite shows already. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love I love the word. I love dissecting the word. I love breaking the word down. This is going to be an all it will go down it, I, hopefully you guys like it, but I love it. You know what I mean? So, I, I very few shows do I actually listen to. I can already tell we're going to listen to this show or I'm going to listen to this show again and you guys are going to listen cuz I'm going to rebroadcast it again. You know. So, um it is what it is. But yeah, I see a couple calls on the line. 646-200 Zero three six six hit the number one on your keypad. Um five one six six three nine. Welcome to the Dayton Tolbert Show. Hello? Hello? Yes. Hello? Uh, yes, hello, welcome. 
Oh, hi. It's Tina. I was listening, and I'm not really new-new, but I've been catching a few shows. I definitely like what you guys discussed, and I'm, you know, happy to be on. I just wanted to touch on something that you spoke about earlier with pastors not um, doing sermons on this subject. And I just yes. feel like if they do um, do these sermons, and what I'm noticing, most churches are full of single women. So once they start doing these type of sermons, you know, a lot of giving that they require would stop. A lot of the things that go on that's not appropriate in churches would stop. So that's what I think the reason why. You hit the nail right on the head. Right now you're right. You're absolutely right. And I even heard a pastor one time on YouTube preach on this subject. I was so disturbed, and I wish I could find it. And he was saying that, the Proverbs 31 woman was actually a cursed woman. And I was just like, I've never heard it like that. I'm going to try to find it. But I was just so surprised, and I was like, that's really, you know, the reason why they're not preaching on it, because you wouldn't like so many she, women. How was she, he was saying yeah, was something like, I'm going to look for it. I don't want to say who the pastor was. I know who he was. I'm going to look for it. But it was basically like he was saying, she was cursed because she had to work so hard and her husband was weak and, you know, she wasn't a model for women to look towards. Like, basically, she had to work so hard and take care of the servants and get up early, so she was actually a cursed woman. I'm going to look for it, but it, 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 if you look crazy. it up, Proverbs 31 sermon, I'm pretty sure people can find it. Like I said, I'm not going to put that pastor out there, but... Don't that let me find it. it. Inbox me, and I'll put it out there. Cause I, you know, man. I will. Okay, then that's what I'll do. But okay. I was very, just the way he came at it, I've never heard it that way. And I said, you know what, that's what's the issue in the black church. Absolutely. What? Uh, where are you calling from? I'm from New York, Long Island. Cool. Good Good. Uh, good to hear from you. Appreciate you listening in. Um, <clears throat> one of the things, in fact, if you guys Go to my YouTube channel, um, youtube.com slash Um I did a, uh, this is years ago, but um, if you Google, I forget what the heck it's called, like the black church, like the black church, or, or you know, you scroll through, there's only about 30, 35 videos that were on my channel, one of them in regards to the black church, you'll, I speak about that. I, I, I talk about it all the time. Courtney said it earlier. I mean, that's the real reason why these pastors are afraid. I mean, they don't want to say the wrong thing. They don't want to say anything that will be offensive and cause people to feel uncomfortable. You know, like if people, they don't want to do a sermon and there be pin drops. You want to have people throwing things and jumping up and down and shouting and you better preach, you better. Like nobody's going to be talking about you better preach when somebody says, yo, keep your lace closed. You know what the Bible says about fornication. You think, I mean, it'll be quiet as a mouse in there. Nobody want to hear that, you know. Nobody wants. I mean, if you, you know, the single women, a lot of them single moms, and the pastor starts talking about how God punishes or punished sinful behavior in the Old Testament, specifically whorish behavior in the Old Testament. It wouldn't be a whole bunch of you better preachers then when he get, gets into Ezekiel twenty three, talking about a hola and a holy but the first hose in the Bible and how God. Uh, you know, caused them to live out their worst nightmares and, and took all their sexual sins and, and used it against them and, and eventually killed them because of their whorish ways. 
I bet we see a lot less ho- uh, hoes out here. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, go ahead and Google my special on Scandal. Go, just go ahead. Scan that out. Actually, I gotta rewind. That was the best show of all time, Courtney. You know that show will go down in history. Yeah, you know? that was a good show. I will post that right now on my page, like, yo, listen to that show, specifically the last hour of that show where we got into, again, Ezekiel 23, what the Bible says about hoes, specifically women who exhibited whorish behavior, were punished by God in the Old Testament. How God feels about whorish behavior. And again, we can't talk about a virtuous woman without talking about the opposite of that, which is women who are out here, you know, being sexually immoral. And that, but she's right. Nobody would, would that would make people uncomfortable and most likely cause them to leave the, the congregation. You know, people don't. Most pastors don't even preach about homosexuality. You know, it's crazy. These, I mean, the things that Jesus Christ was most passionate about, and the Bible speaks most about, or most against. You won't even hear pastors touching, which is amazing. So, anyway, but yeah, that was that. Deep, definitely a deep scripture right there. Um, the next one, uh, 16, Proverbs 31. Um, where are we at? Uh, 16. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. Now, I like that. Because we can, this can we can approach this in a, in a number of ways, but she considers a field. She she plans. You know, see, a, a lot of women out here are, are unmotivated, and they are, as we talked about earlier on, lazy and unambitious. But a virtuous woman, she takes her time. She has a plan for her life. We're not just talking about necessarily, you know physical purchases or things like that, but she just plans the direction of her life. She has a goal. She sets her mind on something, and she goes out and does it. Not only does she set her mind on something and go out and do it, but she she will take that and then multiply it. She will take that to build upon something else. She will lay the foundation. She'll plan the foundation, but then use the foundation to build upon and further her life to the point where she gets everything that she'd even, uh, you know, ever wanted. She considers a field and buys it, and out of the earnings, she plants a vineyard so that she can continue to be blessed. She's a businesswoman. She's an educated woman. She's an ambitious woman. She's a proactive woman. What do you think about that verse, Courtney? That verse is very powerful. Um, it, it does say, it does, it says a lot, um, you know, because she's taking her earnings and she's purchasing things that are of value, not material things that, you know, won't, you know, get her anywhere, not silly stuff. Like, it's actually things that will, you know, produce value and, and profit, so... Yeah, I think that's a good one. Right, and again, it's all with the sole purpose and the sole intent not to impress her friends. Like Courtney said, not just the profile and, you know, getting the Gucci bag, driving the BMW, but no, she's doing things with the sole purpose of bettering her future for her family. You know, she takes money that she earns and she invests it so it can have, 
You know, I mean, imagine, I mean, so many, and I can't even talk because I know I, I, I was guilty of this back in the day, so I'm not even going to sit here and act like anything. But it's very true, nonetheless, that a lot of people will spend a ridiculous amount of money on stupid things. And if you think about, like, wow, what if I just invested that money in this or I did this with that money? It's like, yo, you would be, like, millionaires. Remember, my mom was telling me one of her biggest regrets. We could have all been millionaires. She was telling me how a story from back in college about how she was um, – uh, a friend of hers asked her to invest. She had a business opportunity. She's like, yo, I think we should invest in uh, just $1,000 as an investment. There's some uh, some development, some some land development over in the Caribbean, and uh, all they want is like $1,000 from, say, maybe 10 or 15 of us, and they can triple it. I mean, they're gonna, it's going to be like a huge establishment, and um, it's just going to be a huge moneymaker. But if you get $1,000, just invest it, and it's get, it'll be like tripled and quadrupled, you know, in maybe five to ten years. And I think I forget what my mom was telling me. She was like, you know, she she had the opportunity, and she was just like, she she didn't do it. You know, a thousand dollars is a thousand dollars at that time. She just didn't, you know, either didn't have it or didn't have it to spend on that. Long story short, y'all ever heard of Atlantis? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like where all the celebrity, like in the Bahamas, where all the celebrities go, it's like a huge. That's where the cruises stop. They got the casino out there. It's like a huge luxury resort, Atlantis in the Bahamas. If you don't know, Google Atlantis, mm-hmm. you'll see. That's what it what it became, and the woman who was organizing that is now a multimillionaire. Wow. That's crazy, right, Courtney? Wow. That's, that's crazy. So you know, I'll tell you another story, and this is kind of unrelated, but that is a that's a crazy story right there. But so definitely, if somebody asks you to invest something, don't just always think it's a scam. Sometimes there are scams, but other times. It is actually, and I met the woman actually. I remember my mom introduced me to the woman who has all these millions. Who and my mom's still friends with. Her. But um, there was a time when I was at, I was working in banking, and um, I don't know if y'all remember when the stock market just like tanked, and it was like everything just, just like all the stocks were like worth nothing when everyone lost their money. Four hundred one ks were lost, and being in banking when it happened, I got some. Exclusive information. Long story short, I'm kicking myself, uh, but there was a time there was a, like a maybe a three or four hour window when, say, back at the time, Wachovia. I don't know if y'all remember Wachovia switched over to what what it now is Wells Fargo. There was a time before the switch became official that well that the the Wachovia stock. Dropped all the way down to like zero dollar. It was almost like free. You know what I'm saying? It was like just for a couple hours before it officially switched over. So if you would have, I probably would actually be in jail now. Now I think about it because insider trading. But long story short, if I would have put, or if anybody would have put like a thousand dollars, two, three thousand dollars, whatever it was, anything, and bought Wachovia stock right at that moment before it switched to Wells Fargo, when it switched to Wells Fargo, you'd be like. Depending on how much you invested, maybe even a millionaire right now. So, and I had an opportunity to do that. I guess my point is I didn't do it. So, you know what I mean, Courtney? It's uh, gotta wow. pray about stuff. Yeah, you gotta pray about stuff, and you gotta um, gotta take some chances. You know, definitely gotta tithe. I'll tell y'all something, man. You gotta tithe, and you gotta you gotta not be afraid to invest in God. Because um, I'm a witness of that, you know, it's amazing. I could, I don't like to give specifics, but like when I, the times when I give above what I normally give, 
I get these phone calls, I get these emails, I get these opportunities. I'm talking about like great opportunities, financial opportunities, like just that I know came straight from God as a specific result of being faithful and, and taking that chance on um you know on, on giving that money to God. So you know a lot of people feel differently about tithing and, and feel differently about just giving to the church. But it's not about giving to the church. You're giving to God. You're trusting God. You're having faith because anytime you give anything, that's going to require faith. And I'm just telling y'all, when you do it, it's not like a gimmick. It's not like it's real. Like He will bless you financially. You will get a check. You will get money. You will be blessed somehow financially. I can promise you that. So I just want to share that in case anybody was like on the fence and they needed to hear somebody from a different perspective. It definitely works. Um, but what else? So there was that. That was uh, 16. Where are we at? 17. And we're just rolling right along here, Corey. Isn't this fun? Like, what would y'all yeah, rather yeah. be doing on a Sunday night? Yeah, we're just chilling, man. Just reading the Bible. You know what I mean? Talking about it. You know, but it's, it's real. It's fun. Uh, what else we got here, though? It says, she sets her work, she sets about her work vigorously, and her arms are strong for her task. I think this one is pretty much self-explanatory. It's almost like a, a piggyback off of the last one. She's about her business. She sets about her work vigorously. You know, it's not even, you know, it's not rocket science. I mean, she does what she has to do to be successful. And it says that her arms are strong for her task, meaning, and you can look at it a couple different ways. On one hand, she's made to, like, she's she's able physically able and emotionally able and spiritually able to do what she needs to do. Her tasks are not too big for her to do. You know, she has a plan. She goes about putting that plan into motion, and she has the qualifications necessary to bring that plan to fruition. Her arms are strong for those tasks. Any any different perspective that you took or anything you want to add to it? No, I mean, I pretty much looked at it the same way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I it's, it's it. pretty, yeah, pretty straightforward. So, um, you know, and that's that's just what a virtuous woman is. She's about her business. She and the next one, the same type of thing. She sees that her trading is profitable, and her lamp does not go out at night. This is deep. This she sounds mm-hmm. like me. You know, that's that's what I do. I'm working twenty four seven because this is the thing. She's she's doing something. That obviously she that is profitable, so she's not just oblivious. She's not just out here working blindly at you know making somebody else rich in corporate America. Now, if you have a government job or if you do whatever you do, I mean that's fine. But whatever you do, be aware of what you're doing and have a plan to 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 triple that, to double that, to increase that in some way. It says that she's aware that her trading, the work that she's doing, is, is profitable. It has, you know, a, a, an ability. To, my, a funny thing, my wife, she saw something that was a business opportunity. She went out and started Aubrey's Attic. Quick plug, there's a link on trctoday.com for it. If you have a toddler, you know, you have little a little girl, you know, we're selling all Aubrey's clothes. Well, not all of them, but, you know, a lot of the nice stuff, polo, all that good stuff. Go to Aubrey's. It's on Instagram. Go to um, Instagram.com slash Aubrey's underscore attic, or there's a link right on my website, and uh, peruse. You know, that's Danny's store. 
business right there, like maybe over a hundred, you know, items. So that's what I'm saying. You see an opportunity, you take the opportunity, and her lamp does not go out at night, meaning she's up all night. She's putting in extra hours. Same thing. Any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I I kind of I took it that way. Um, you know that she's a, a hard worker, um, but you know, especially the part that says her lamp does not go out at night. I took that to mean a lot of things. Um, on one hand, of course, she's dedicating that time, you know, at night, you know, towards her work and being productive. But also, that could just mean her, you know, staying up, taking care of the family, or whatever needs to be done. You know, she does it. You know, so there may be nights where she doesn't get any sleep, but it's all for the sake of her family. That's it. That's it. It's all it's all about the family. It's all about um just bettering herself. You know what I mean? In in regards to how she can be the biggest blessing to those people who are important to her. Um so yeah, it's it's like whatever scripture is. It's funny certain scriptures within the Proverbs 31 it's like they stand out, but uh, you know, some of the ones that aren't as popular are just as you know, valuable. What's another one? In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. What does that say to you, Courtney? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not she's sure. That's it. Okay. She's, she's, she's working. You know what I mean? Like she's working. It's she grasps the sp- the spindle with her fingers. If anybody knows anything about a spindle. It's that's not the most comfortable thing to do. Like it's, you know, it may hurt a little bit, but at the same time, she is able to still do what is necessary to be done, even in the face of adversity, even in the face of discomfort, or or whatever. She's doing what needs to be done to get the job done, regardless of adverse adversity or or um, any type of. Um, I, you guys get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just she, she does what she needs to do for her family, plain and simple. Um, what else, man? 19, that was 1920. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. I don't know. I mean, I don't think that, I mean, what? it's nothing else to really say or add to that. A lot of this stuff is right in your face. A lot of this funny. You There's a lot of times there's, 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 there's debate about what is a virtuous woman, what is a Proverbs 31 woman, whereas this, it tells you right here. There's no debates. There's no questions. There, none of this says that you know how to back it up. You know what I mean? You know how to ride it a certain type of manner. You know, Beyonce is, you know, putting all types of sexual images, Nicki Minaj, Janet Jackson, Sierra. You know, it's a lot of a lot of women out here who want you to think this is what you have to do to be a, a great woman, to be desired or sought after. And in reality, this is what you have to do. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her arm her hands to the needy. And that's if you guys have ever done private counseling with me, you know that's one of the things that we focus on is not so much you and what you do, but what are you doing to be a blessing to others? You guys know, anyone who's ever spoken to me, you know that's one of the things that we focus on. And because that is what men see. 
That is what men look for. That is what God sees. That is what God looks for to determine how he is going to bless you or if he's going to bless you at all. That's what virtuous women do. They're not afraid to say, or they don't just say, well, this is, uh, yeah, I'm successful, and so my I'm going to benefit and my family is going to benefit, and we're going to save the rest. It's like, no, like, I swear to you on everything, as sure as we're doing this show right now, before an hour before this show, I promise you, I, I literally carried five bags of clothes. They are by the door right now on everything. I will go take a picture of them right now and post it in the group. Five bags of clothes that my wife put together. I just did this today. And tomorrow morning, I'm driving over to the Goodwill, and we are donating them to the poor. Strictly clothes that my wife put together. You understand that? How, how crazy of a coincidence is that? Wow, that's what's up, though. That's yes. what's up. And I, I just wanted to say real quick, um, you know, that verse is very powerful because I think, um, you know, that's something that, you know, can separate separate, excuse me, a woman from a lot of the other ones out there um, because she's not selfish. That's it. You can't, you can't be selfish. You can't be selfish. There are women out here who will tell you blatantly, I ain't paying for no first date. Shoot, maybe if he was my man and I might do We did a whole show, you know, talking about just the importance of differentiating yourselves and not being selfish, but a lot of people still ain't, you know, not trying to hear it. This is what it talks about, right? She opens, opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. She has a giving mentality. That is what men look for in a wife. Are you giving or are you selfish? Now, the only reason that anyone would have a problem giving is because in the past you may have given to the wrong person and been taken advantage of. And so that is dictating and influencing how you interact with men in the future. Well, what does that sound like, Courtney? Emotional unavailability. Absolutely. Emotional unavailability 101. You're allowing your past to dictate your future and your future interactions with men. You gotta let go of the past. Yeah, you've been hurt. Yeah, you've been taken advantage of. Okay, that's that's okay. That's that's happened. That's happened to me. It's happened to Courtney. But you learn from your mistakes and you let it go. So and you so you no longer have an issue giving. What else we got here? When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. Wow, that's like, yo, this is amazing right here. When it snows, she has no fear for her household. Why? Because all of them are clothed in, in the best possible gar- garments, in case you didn't understand that. See, when there's adverse weather, it's kind of like if you live in a fortress, if there's a war outside, you're not going to care. If you live in a home with central air, do you really care if it's 100 degrees outside? No. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter to you, you know, I mean, because you're you're good. You're taken care of. If you have an SUV, it doesn't really matter if your block is a little bit icy. It's cool. You'll be all right. When it snows, she has no fear for her husband, the kids, because they're taken care of. She already knows, and if you scroll up, she's already 
gotten up in the middle of the night. She's already woken up extra early. She set the alarm clock for 4 a.m., 5 a.m. to make sure her family is good, you know. And so when there is adversity, there's no fear. It's okay. She has planned. She has prepared. And again, again, can we go back to the beginning of the show? It says she has no fear for her household. What does that mean? Well, it means she's married. It means she has a family. It means she has a husband. It means she has children. Get rid of this single mentality, ladies, especially if you want to feel like or consider yourself to be a virtuous woman. This whole thing, every single verse here in this passage, Proverbs 31, deals with a wife, deals with a family, deals with a household. Gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. We are we are shutting down. We are changing the world right now. You know, I mean, you know that, right? This show is groundbreaking. I told y'all earlier this will be unprecedented. I said that in the thread about four hours ago. Tonight's show will change the definition of what it means to be a great woman. You can't, all this stuff that people are talking about, it now goes out the window. I don't want to hear anybody talking about happily single. I don't want to hear anybody talk about they're a great woman if they feel like they don't want love or they're okay without love. I don't want to hear any of that. Not, I mean, because you know, you're listening, you know what the scripture says. We've done about, what, 10 verses already. We're almost done, about halfway through. You know that it's telling you specifically this is talking about a married woman. And again, you don't have to be married. But if you are not striving and actively working on yourself to get to that point, please, 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 please do not consider yourself to be a virtuous woman. And don't get, don't get mad at me. You know what I mean? Just for saying what the Bible clearly says. Not just a little bit, but clearly says here. All right, what else we got? Um, She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. I mean, you know, just, it's very, she likes the finer things in life. You know, she, she is not out there looking and dressing and acting like a whore. You know? She covers up her bed. She doesn't have her regular sheets exposed. She wants to be to present herself as a classy woman, as an elegant woman. She makes coverings for her bed. So it's not just the average sheets, not just the regular sheets, but it says she's also clothed in the finest linen. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean the, the you know, the most expensive linen, but it's if you guys are sl- not slow, but like you know what I'm saying, like you get it because I know everyone gets it, but some people try to act like they don't get it, but you get it. She's not out there posting her bikini pictures on Facebook specifically for attention. She's not out there showing off her booty. She's not dressing in fishnet stockings, trying to look like. A woman of the night because she feels like that's what's going to bring a man uh, or bring attention from a man who will hopefully one day marry her. She knows that that's foolishness. 
She's dressed in the finest linen and purple. Well, what does that mean? Well, if anybody knows your history, back in the day, and even today, red was associated with being a freak, being a woman of the night, being someone who was, in fact, I know there's something in Ezekiel 23 where it specifically talks about uh, whores and whorish attire and whorish ways and whorish behavior. Uh, but red is one of those, like, whorish um, colors, you know, that, that that is used and has been throughout time used to identify women who were into some, you know, unwholesome activity. But she doesn't wear that. She wears purple. Were you aware of that, Courtney? Did you, you know, did I just teach you some history? Oh, no, actually, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. It, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those things that a lot of. So I mean, it's it's out there. The information is there. You know, but but the point of it is though she she's classy. She can be sexy for her husband. But you know what I'm saying? She but she above all she's classy. It's impossible to be classy or excuse me sexy without being classy at the same time. All right, guys, please understand that. It's one of the most important things we'll talk about. You know, unfortunately, a lot of times people, they feel as though they they want to attract men so they will do things. It's, it's very ironic. They want a husband, so they try to attract a husband with their bodies. But that's not how it works. Nobody says, wow, my wife has to have a banging body. I can't wait for my wife to have a bang. That's ridiculous. She's going to be, I can't wait to enjoy my wife in the bedroom. Yeah, you're going to enjoy your wife in the bedroom, but that's not the goal. That's not the, what's on, you know, in the forefront of our mind when we're reaching out to find a wife. We're thinking about all the other things that this scripture is about. Because everyone gets old, the sex is like one of the first things to go, you know, in marriage. I mean, not to go, but you know what I mean. Like, it's not... You know, it's not like you were when you're 20 years old. I mean, when you're 52 years old, you know, when you're 80 years old, 90 years old, sleeping in separate bedrooms, you might be just as much in love. My grandparents, listen, you'll never find two people who are more in love. Together their whole lives. Grandma, 103, grandfather died at 100 years old. I would go over, they had separate bedrooms. They said, look, <laughs> we ain't got no time for games. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, they still spent their time together, but it wasn't like they were, I'm telling you, they were very much so in love. Married 80 years, met when they were teens. The sacrifices that both of them made for their families and for each other, I mean, the ultimate love story. But, you know, when I would go over there, I mean, <laughs> separate bedrooms. <laughs> it is what it is. You know, y'all know yeah. about that old old timers. They, you know, them beds are separate, mm-hmm. but it's it's all about how they how they show love. So I'm just telling you that it's you know that's what it gets to. That's the level that it gets to. So if you're thinking about sex when you're talking about somebody you want to spend the next eighty years with, you're crazy. So just think about that stuff, guys. Uh, what else we got? And this is all right. We got some more good ones here. Her husband. This is verse twenty three. All right. Uh, her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Wow, man, this is this wow. is amazing, right? This is and again, 
There's that word again. <laughs> Husband? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yo, people are pissed off right now. Like, they are, like, fuming. They are, like, pissed. They t- they tuned in with the sole purpose of hearing and almost confirming their own, what they thought this 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 uh, passage is about. But now they're hearing me say that, no, there are no virtuous single women. That's why the Bible says who can find a virtuous woman because there are practically none out there. It says her husband. Is anyone unclear about that? I just want to make sure. Her husband is respected at the city gate. This scripture we're talking about is Proverbs 31, virtuous woman. So that that would allude to that, you know, you guys get it by now. But her husband is respected. What that means is that if you are a virtuous woman, you're not just going to end up with any old body. Okay? You're going to, your husband, you are going to elevate your husband to greatness. He will be a great man on his own, but you will make him better. And a, a virtuous woman will make him better. Better to the point where he is respected at the city gates, meaning everyone even outside the gates will know him. He's respected. He's liked. And he, where he takes his seats or his seat among the elders of the land. Now that doesn't mean that could be anybody. You know, but meaning he's one of those shot callers. He's one of those decision makers. He is a person of influence. Even if it means people influence or or, or uh or admire him from afar, that's okay. It's the elders of the land, the respected of the the wise of the land, he's one of them. But that's who she is. And again, at the best, because, you know, we talk about this stuff. We talk about, I just call them elite men. That's just a term I came up to, to to describe true men of God, the true men who are looking for the best possible woman, you know. And so it, it kind of confirms what we what we talk about here. It says, well, if he is the best possible man, he takes his seat among the elders. You know, he's respected at the city gate. Well, obviously, that means he is a man of substance himself. He brings everything good to the table. Well, obviously, if he has all these things going for him, well, he's going to want the best of the best. That's why it says her husband, meaning that's him, that's his wife, who exhibits all of these other qualities that this, this passage speaks of. But she, my wife makes me better. Everything that I do, I ask her, I'm like, yo, what do you think about this stuff? What do, you, what do you think? I'm thinking about doing these T-shirts. What do you think about that? Yeah, what do you think? You know, I'm thinking about taking a show seven nights a week. I'm thinking about becoming the only show in the world that that does a talk show seven nights a week, specifically designed to benefit black women. What do you, what do you think about that? Hey, hey, why not? Go ahead. When a show was only one night a week, Thursday nights at nine o'clock. That's how we started. Every step, next, you know. Two, no, we didn't do two nights a week, three nights a week, then four nights a week, then five nights a week, then eventually seven nights a week. These are things that I consulted my wife on. You understand that? And so, and even other things, It's you, you got to have that partnership, and she will elevate you to do great things. You can always tell a man, you look at Martin Luther King, you look at Malcolm X, I really hate to use this example, but even like an Obama, 
you look at these, you know, successful men, these men who have achieved some things, 99.9% of the time, you're going to have a supportive woman in your corner. I can just about guarantee you that. Even if, like, a Floyd Mayweather, you know what I mean? Like, box, you know what I'm saying? I mean, the list goes Denzel. I mean, I mean, we could go on and on and on and on and on. How many of these, you know, successful men have these Morris Chestnut, you know, wife? You know we could go on. Anything you want to add to that, Courtney? I mean, you pretty much said it. I mean, these are great men, you know, as, um, you know, expressed in Proverbs, in the book of Proverbs, because um, it's not just your regular do. You know, I think a lot of women are used to just the regular guys that they deal with, men that don't have substance, you know, deadbeats or, you know, just liars, whatever. But this is talking about a, a man of God, a great man, you know, the man that, you know, we pray for. And But like you said, to get that, we have to make sure we're that great woman, that virtuous woman. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's an elite man in a nutshell, and, and definitely Google, you know, the definition of elite, an elite man, all that stuff. If you haven't heard that show, if you're a newer listener, but um, you know, it's really all about the man that you pray for. But the the thing about it is, if you want that you know, that type of man, you've got to be that the woman that we are talking about in this groundbreaking show right here. This is going to be the. The benchmark. This is going to be the show that we refer back to for, you know, going forward. You know, like there's nothing else to add to this stuff. Uh, what else we got, man? Uh, let's see what else here. Good stuff. Let me, let's, can we talk about this for a second? There was a question. I want to skip ahead because, you know, I just want to make sure we get this. And there was a question that was posted in the, in the group, um, and it was specifically discussing um, – you know, ladies, would you? I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have it in front of me. But ladies, would you deal with a man who worked at McDonald's? And there were some people who, who, who you know, who said yes, they would. Most women said they would. A couple of people who said no, nah, like you know, they weren't really feeling that. Courtney, I saw an answer from you on there. How do you feel about that? Because again, we talk about this in regards to this specific verse. Her husband is respected. You know, he he takes his place amongst the elders. What do you? How do you relate this scripture to that situation? Well, in regards to that situation, um, it's all about because I think people are looking at it like, oh, he works at McDonald's and he's gonna, you know, be in that position forever flipping burgers. But what you don't understand is that uh, a lot of men. Well, I shouldn't say a lot, but ambitious men are ambitious wherever they go. So if McDonald's is that place, then that's not to say that he isn't there working his way up and doing what he has to do to work his way up because we talk about elite men are ambitious men. So I don't know, you know, people have this, you know, misconception of, you know, where he has to work. He can be successful at McDonald's, and that's not to say that he wouldn't be respected. You know, an ambitious man is a respected man. See, 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 see this is, that's you touched on it. I want to read Aaron. Shout out to her. I know she's listening. I mean, just an absolute flawless answer. And many people, don't get me wrong, many people gave great answers. But Aaron's answer, and it's right here in the the Friends of the Day Don Talbot Show group. I'm looking at like 17 people gave it the thumbs up, which showed it was just head and shoulders 
above every other answer, worded perfectly. I actually want to read it. This is what she said here. She says, it wouldn't matter if he flipped burgers or flipped numbers. If he's a man of God that the Lord blesses me with, he can share my world and would be in it for life. You never know what someone has gone through to end up working at Burger King or McDonald's, and nowadays a job is just a job. As long as he has the drive and the ambition to work, he's all right with me. Money isn't everything. I learned it firsthand. I'd rather have a nice guy that worked at Burger King than an arrogant joker who makes six figures but treats me like crap. And see, that's what y'all got to realize. And Courtney, you touched on it as well. You said that an elite man is an ambitious man. Let me tell y'all something. My One of my first jobs out of college was doing, you ever like work at like one of those, um, those like alumni fund type of jobs where you got to like call, I'm not saying you work there, but you, you, you know, like you get calls from the alumni trying to get you to hey, give I've money back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, if you guys have ever been to college and you grad, you've probably been called from someone. I was one of those telemarketers. It's not really a telemarketer, but it's like the same type of thing. It's a call center. That was one of my first jobs, making like $9 an hour, like the equivalent of minimum wage at the time, like a little bit over minimum wage. And, I mean, you know, it was a call center. I was on a predictive dialer system, you know, couldn't talk, had set breaks. It was like... The equivalent, I mean, I probably made the same amount as someone who probably did make it work at McDonald's. Like telemarketing and fast food is like nowadays, you know, not that far off. Long story short, and I'm not saying I'm anybody special, but I was not content being on that dialer system. I was not content having to take my break when they told me to take my break. So within the course of a, I want to say like a year, I became the best caller in the whole place. My numbers were crazy. I was on time. I stayed late. I worked extra shift. I did everything I needed to do. Within a year, and I was right out of college. There were people there were like 50 years old, 60 years old, like people of all ages. I was running that whole place within like a year, two years. Like I was like the the the, the, the number two guy. It was a relatively small, like maybe 50 people. I, like the guy loved me. I became a supervisor. I became like a verifier, then a supervisor, then a manager. Then I was like, like the director of like the whole thing. I was like hiring people, firing people, doing human resources stuff. Like basically running the whole place within like a year. And what I'm saying to you is making well over you know nine dollars an hour, whatever it was. So I'm telling y'all, it doesn't matter the job. The job does not matter. It's the person. You don't take the job home with you. That's why I didn't want to say too much in the, in the thread because I knew I was going to talk about Like, in today's society, people, many women are so used to dealing with men who are not ambitious. First of all, they're just losers and working at loser jobs, but they don't have the ambition, so it's just like they're just content. And when you have those type of experiences in your past and you're still still meeting those types of guys and you've never dated an elite man, it's like you can't even fathom, you know, someone treating you in that manner. And so you've, that's where the faith comes in. Because I have, I, and I'm not going to put his name out there, but well, two stories. One, since we're talking about McDonald's, there I, had a, I have a buddy. You understand? A friend of mine, a good friend of mine, 
He doesn't work there now, but at the time, I mean, this is someone who's college educated, went to school with me, you know, very good school, said, hey, look, I'm about to go work at McDonald's, but they have this management training program that I was even unfamiliar with. He was like, yo, yeah, I'm going to start out flipping burgers, but after, like, I think, like, eight months, they push you. It's like you become a manager. Then you manage the McDonald's, and then you jump up to, like, 40000 a year. I'm like, oh, snap. I said, how long you got to flip the burger? He's like, no, nah, they just want you to get in there, like, like six months, six to eight months. They said, right after that, you're like, you know, boom, like, because I mean, you're not making the minimum wage. He was, they said they still get you. They start you at like 35. And I think once you complete that little first stage or whatever, they bump you. So what I'm saying is he met women when he was flipping burgers and let him tell someone, oh, yeah, I work at McDonald's. It's like, oh, you work at McDonald's. But they, little did they know he was in the management training program and was about to be making more than probably they were in like six months. So what I'm saying is, it's like she said in the, like Aaron said in the group, it has nothing to do with the job because there are a lot of six-figure guys out here who are bastards. In fact, they're, the fact that they make six figures in a lot of cases causes them to think that they are above uh, other people, that they are privileged. A lot of times they're players, they're cheaters. You know, they're just not good guys, but somebody who's working at McDonald's is, is like a, a great guy. I met this woman. I dated her for a little while. She worked at McDonald's. As a matter of fact, I met her at the drive-thru. Got that number, got the digits. <laughs> you know, I had no problem with that. Who cares? You know, it's not. It's not. See, and, and the effect of fathers not being around is really. That's where it really becomes evident in many cases. Because what happens is, a lot of women they they see their how they grew up not having a father, and they know how they struggle. So because they've done well for themselves and not had the father around, they say, okay, well, I'm not going back to that. I struggled, so I'm going to deal with someone who can provide me with a certain type of lifestyle that my father could not. But that's not his job. His job isn't to provide a lifestyle for what your father did or didn't do. That's on your father. He, that's not his responsibility. He's not trying to compete with your father. He's just trying to be a good man to a good woman. So you got to stop allowing yourself to be so affected by your past because that is the epitome of emotional unavailability. When you, Again, when you're allowing your past to influence and dictate how you interact with men in your future. So I just wanted to touch on that, um, you know, in regards to th- that point in this, in this passage because, yeah, you know, a virtuous woman, her husband is going to be respected, but who's to say you can't be like rock? Remember Rock? You know, mm-hmm. he was the trash man. Charles Dutton? Y'all remember? You, I know you were. I, I remember was a that kid. show. You remember, oh, okay, you were like rerun stuff. I watched that show when it was like on live. You I know did what I'm too. saying? <laughs> on fire. Oh, you did? Mm hmm. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that was a great example of what we're talking about. I mean, he was a trash man, but he was a great man, he was a great father, and he was a great husband, and he was a respected husband. You know, but he was a trash man. So I mean, I can't, I'm emphasizing this because the true mark of a virtuous woman is she's not concerned concerned with outward appearances. She's concerned with substance. She's concerned with value and, and what someone does behind closed doors, and you know, and how someone treats her. 
not what he can do for her, but what they can do together. Anything you wanted to add to that uh, McDonald's situation? Yeah, I just, um, I just really, um, I feel like those women that you know felt some type of way about it, you know, are uh, also the same women that come up with these long lists of what they want in a man, and and just specifically what kind of job he has to have. Like, you know, he has to do this and he has to do that and just, you know, overlook the really great men of the world. And it's like you you got to let that list go, that, you know, chili, you know, that whole mentality. You just need to let it go, especially if you want to be blessed with true love. Right, absolutely. Look, guys, in the interest of time, I'm going to skip uh, a couple of these. I'm going to skip 24. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. We've spent a good deal of talking about what a virtuous woman does from a business perspective. You know what I mean? We, I think you guys get that by now. So I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about how she makes linens and sells them and supplies them, that supplies the merchants with the sashes because there's a lot I could say about that, but I think you guys get she's about her business. She sees opportunities and she goes after them, after them, and she, um, you know, she does what she has to do. What I want to really focus on is verse 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she can laugh at the days to come. That's what I want to focus more so on right now, because this is a very, 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 very powerful scripture in regards to what we are seeing out here in today's society. She's, she has strength and dignity. We did a show, Courtney and I, on uh, when Keisha Cole's song, Trust and Believe, came out. We did a very good show on that in regards to how women allow some men to, quote-unquote, make them crazy. How women like to bash windows, put sugar in the gas tanks, keying cars, vandalizing you know, putting people on blast, they get their heart broken, they want to email people, they want to call up people, they want to put people on But Like, that is not the, that is not what a virtuous woman who is clothed with strength and dignity. Angela Bassett in Waiting to Exhale was not strong, and she did not have dignity. She was the opposite of that. When you wild out, you, you, you don't have strength and dignity. In fact, that makes you weak. What, I, what do I always say, guys? I've been saying this for years. Strong women, in the face of adversity, they are able to walk away with their head held high and their dignity intact. I've been saying that for the last 10 years. That's in all my books. You know, weak women, in the face of adversity, they act in an immature, often vindictive, you know, manner. <clears throat> And that is that's the the definition, or I should say, the difference between a strong woman and a weak woman, a woman with strength and a woman with weakness, a woman with dignity versus a woman with immaturity. But when we're in, we're talking today about what a virtuous woman looks like, what a true Proverbs thirty one woman looks like, it says clearly she's clothed with strength and dignity. And she can laugh at the days to come. I'm focusing on the first part right now. Because when you have strength and dignity, that means that you don't lower yourself to someone else's level. 
You don't allow the immaturity of a man to cause you to lose your Christianity or your self-esteem or your dignity. You don't do that. You don't, you, you know, you're able to laugh at the days that come. See, a lot of times, and this is where, this is really the definition of emotional availability right here in verse 25. Because when you've been through things, understand this, guys. Even Courtney's a good example of this. Courtney's been dogged out. She's been cheated on. She's been lied to. She's been manipulated. Just like many women out here. But the difference is, Many women out here will be hurt, lied to, you know, cheated on, all types of stuff, and they they become bitter. They become resentful. They become hateful. They become they they've closed their hearts off to the idea of love, you know. And so that means they that's why they have an attitude. We did a rebroadcast the other night on uh on the angry black woman woman syndrome. Are you take the test? Did you you know if you heard this show? You're able to, to really ask yourself, do an internal test of, do you have an attitude? Do you Are you high maintenance? That was a classic show. And so, but where does that come from? So there's that side of things. But when you can do what the scripture says, it says you can laugh at the days that come. That means, that doesn't mean you haven't been through anything. You've been through some things. It just means that you've dealt with those things. And now you're able to laugh at those things. How many times on this show have you heard Courtney laughing about how she was Spider-Woman crawling into people's house, <laughs> throwing bricks through the window? See? We can have a nice laugh now. about that. You know, you know Courtney. To, what do you want to say about that? <laughs> that was funny. Spider-Woman. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just all about, um, you know, just getting past what happened to you because you know you're in a good place when you can actually laugh about it. Because, you know, at one point it, it may have brought you to tears, may have made you angry and upset. But when you get to that point where you can not only just talk about it but laugh about it because you realize how ridiculous it was and you can laugh because you know that God has much better for you. You know that that elite man is coming. So you can laugh at whatever happened in the past because it doesn't matter. Right, it doesn't matter. I know I can laugh at my past. It doesn't even matter. You know, it, it's it's again, my wife. She's been through some things. She's been going through some. So she's been through some bad relationships, some different adversities, some trials, and things like that. Was very sick. Was at a, uh, at one point in her life. You know, took some time off to get better physically, emotionally, spiritually. Which is you know right, right around the time when I came into the picture, and. um you know, she's able to look back at some things and say, okay, wow, that happened, but, you know, it is what it is. She doesn't dwell on it. So when you dwell on things, you know, that's, that kind of, it, ta- it doesn't, you know, go well with this scripture. It says, you know, a virtuous woman, she does the opposite. She laughs at the days to come. She doesn't have an attitude. She doesn't have an F-love mentality the way, say, uh, a Serena Williams will or uh uh um, Rihanna would, or you know, or or even like Beyonce talking about this craziness. That's that's one. Of my, that's another one of my favorite uh, scriptures in this passage. Any uh, anything else you want to add to that? Oh uh, no, no, we can move on. Right. She speaks with wisdom. This is twenty six right here. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. All right. I mean, 
you know, what else can we say about it? I mean, it is what she's not talking that she's not talking that crazy stuff. She's not a psycho. She's not bitter. She's not cussing. Like these you ever hear women who cuss and just are just carrying on and just disgusting. Oh, oh my god, I was about to say that. Yeah. I, I my lips were forming to say Mimi, <laughs> K Michelle, Evelyn, Jocelyn, I mean Every woman on the freaking reality show, all those shows, you know, it's ridiculous. Uh, um, Jim Jones and Chrissy. Chrissy. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, just like anger, and, and not 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 even. I mean, definitely anger, but just talking crazy, like just talking like idiots, like not even making sense. Like K. Michelle, not nothing she says makes sense, you know. But <laughs> a virtuous woman. Speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. So what that means is that not only does she, you know, speak intelligently, you know, but she's also genuinely interested in being a blessing to other women, you know, and just people in general, but specifically other women, you know. Who does that sound like, Courtney? Me. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad you said me and not some uh uh you know, generic person. <laughs> so That's crazy. Good. I, no. Look, I almost did though, but I was like, talking about me. I, I figured you were about to. I was like, I hope she does. No, but you're right, I'm talking about you. What you guys are hearing and right now is court is what she's a great woman. She is a virtuous woman in training. Because, again, we've already established that you cannot be a virtuous woman without being married because the whole passage is about a wife and what she does for her family and her husband specifically. So we can, y'all can get that out of your minds. But she is a virtuous woman in, in preparation, okay? Faithful instruction, meaning Courtney gener- genuinely cares about helping other wo- women, which I think that is a great time before y'all get tired and start to log off, to introduce the next big thing, all right? Courtney and I were brainstorming over the last week, all right? And there are a couple more here. We're not done because we haven't gotten to 31, but we were brainstorming and said, you know what? We want to do something for the women, like specifically to celebrate women, to uplift women, to empower women. So we put our minds together and we said, you know what? We are going to bring to you guys the inaugural, because we want to make this an annual event, but the inaugural, and there's it's not the first annual, one of my biggest pet peeves, these promoters, these businesses, these entrepreneurs, these psychos, they will say first annual when there is no such thing as a first annual event. Just, just FYI. No such thing. It's the inaugural. To have an annual event, it has to be at least the second. I was a journalism minor, a communications major, and they that trust me, that's the case. Believe me, look it up. But anyway, it's the inaugural. Very big pet peeve of mine. Um, but it's the inaugural 2013 Loving You Women's Empowerment Teleseminar. Coming to you August 3rd through August 31st. It's a five-week seminar. 
and it's available to women all around the country, all around the world. And it's it's specifically to talk about you and issues that women can relate to and how to overcome them, uh, things that you can do to better yourself. We're going to talk about a lot of different things over the course of the five weeks, obtaining what God has for you, issues with faith, dealing with doubt, overcoming, uh, discussing various lies of the enemy, uh, living life with an attitude of gratitude, and some very specific things many of you uh, have may have already touched on through private counseling. This is just going to take it to the next level over the course of a five-week all-intensive uh, course. And so we look forward to having you. Registration is $99. That covers all five weeks. You guys are going to get some good free goodies, free T-shirts, free uh, double-disc CD. You will get, and everyone gets one full month of free relationship counseling. In addition to the five-week seminar, Courtney, I know you're, I'm excited I know you're excited. I know there's more stuff. Everybody register. You can register today um, all the way up to, like, the week prior. I forget whatever that Friday is. I believe July 26th, I believe. Um, But registration is 99. Um, And trctoday.com, all the information is right there up on the site. Are you – I mean, what do you want to say about it? I am so excited about it. I just know that it's going to be a blessing, you know, to women. It's going to be it's going to be great. It's just just a great opportunity um for women. Just and it's going to assist in in their healing. I just I know it's going to be great. I you know I'm excited. So, yeah. So, guys, there is I like you guys I've done I've never done anything like this, but <clears throat> I've done some other things similar. And I like to keep these types of things very intimate. So I'm telling you all, limited space is available, so go ahead and register. I mean, if you guys know anything about private counseling, I mean, you know, you're getting one month of free counseling, and that's, I mean, you you already know, like, that's going to be well over $99 just by itself. You understand that? The T-shirts are $20.00. By themselves, the double disc CD is like fourteen nine out by itself. You're getting a five week seminar, one full month of counseling, CDs, and just the discussion itself. You know, over the course of the five weeks, is going to be dynamic. So go ahead and register right now at trctoday.com. We look forward to working with you. Let's get back into. Um, I knew I was going to make the announcement. I just was waiting for the right moment. That was definitely the the uh, the, the right moment on on that. Um, Courtney is going to be hosted by myself and, and obviously Courtney. And, um, yeah. What else can we talk about? Where were we, where do we stop at? Verse 26. 27, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we finished 26 up, getting mm-hmm. into 27. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Courtney epitomizes that. Verse 27. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. I like that one. She takes care of her home, guys. You ever see people who are just lazy and unmotivated, and their houses are disgusting, they don't do anything for their husbands, they don't do anything for their their kids, they have no goals, they have no ambition. They just, they don't, they don't, you know, they don't keep a, a, a fit, 
environment to raise a family. And um, mm-hmm. that's not what this scripture is about. In fact, it's about the opposite. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness, meaning she's not idle. She's motivated. And I'll tell you all something. We're going, you know, this has been something that's been mentally marinating over the last couple of years, actually, our special on depression, and it is coming, and how depression is a spirit that many people struggle with, men and women, but are not and have not been clinically diagnosed. And we're going to go ahead and talk about depression from a biblical perspective about what it really is and the the effect it has on you spiritually as well as the effect that it has on you uh, physically in many cases, which is where people have to do stuff like shock therapy and, you know, these these drugs. and But we want to nip it in the bud before it even gets to that point because all it is is a spirit, but it will eventually have a physical effect on you if let, you know, going untreated. And there are a lot, trust me, there are a lot, a lot, a lot of depressed, specifically depressed women, depressed people, but just since we're talking about women tonight, Many, and I've counseled personally hundreds of them, depressed women who have never even been to a psychiatrist to even get clinically diagnosed, So, but are absolutely depressed. So we'll talk about ways. That's going to be another thing that we'll touch on, on the in the seminar, you know, uh, coming uh, to you guys in, in August. So you don't want to make sure you, miss, you make sure you don't miss that, but we'll also be doing a whole show on uh, just depression. Anything you wanted to add to that, just the the bread of idleness and watching over the affairs of her household? Yeah, you know, I I think that's so important um, just to watch over the affairs of your household because it just made me think of, you know, there are women out there that are just sitting at home chilling and, you know, they have a lot of kids, but... And their kids are all over the place, all running the streets, and they have no idea where their kids are. I don't know why I thought of that, but, I mean, that's how it is sometimes. Like women that really don't um, value the family and really just don't care what happens to their kids. You know, their kids are everywhere. But this is talking about a woman that really she makes sure that her house is in order, and that includes her children. She makes sure that her husband is good, you know, so everybody is is really on, on on the same track, like she knows where everyone is and that they're doing well. So I like that. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you said that because when I when I hear that, that scripture, I think of my mom because um, she always, I mean, my dad too, but specifically my mom since we're talking about virtuous women, she knew where all of her kids were at any given time. You know, like she knew where we were, who we were with, I mean, I mean, you look around now; these kids are roaming the streets. I never roamed the streets, never. When I, I was like, yeah, man, we didn't even go around the block. You know, what I'm I mean, it's funny. People, people even looked at us as being sheltered, or you know, weren't able to do certain things that the other kids could do. I mean, when we went outside, we were either on the porch, or literally right in front of the house, maybe playing on our block but mainly right in front of our house. There was no going to other people's houses and roaming around. It's like we went to school. After school, we went to sports, whatever sport it was. After that, we came home. We did our homework. We ate at the table as a family. After that, no TV unless it was Thursday night, Cosby Show, or a different world. Other than that, 
we chilled and went to bed. You know what I mean? That's just what it was. You know, and I look back and it's like, wow, I mean, I, I had a great life, great childhood, but, you know, it was very structured. And these kids need structure. And fun, it's funny, I'll tell you all something. I took my daughter to church today. And it's funny because, like, me and my wife, we go, and, you know, she's a little bit more lenient than me. And, you know, everyone around is used to seeing my daughter, like, running around. Still, always, she's always well-behaved, but, like, just being more energetic and all over the place and different things. But when she was there with me today, just by myself, they were like, yo, who is this little girl? Like, she's just very, something just, just chilling and laid back and just sitting next to me, quiet, not fidgety, just really well be And so I think that what people need to understand is that you have to have discipline and kids have to have structure, and they need both parents to have that balance. You know, they have to, everyone has to have a role. There's some things my wife can do for my daughter that I don't, and vice versa. You know, and so I'm just telling you all that it's a mother's job to be that balance. It's a mother's job to look and identify the needs of the household and make sure that they are they are met. You know, make sure that the household runs efficiently. Now, the father, the man of the house, obviously he's going to be the leader and make sure that the needs and the overall everything is provided from a financial standpoint and things like that. But just in the midst of the household, that's that's all the wife right there. That's the that's the mark of a truly virtuous woman. Deep, I mean, it's just like amazing how how clear and and and, and just clear it is that you know it how it outlines what a great woman is all yeah. this stuff that we see out here that people would like to believe is a great makes up a great woman and it's all foolishness all this crap steve harvey be talking about all this crap everybody be talking about has nothing to do with this you ever notice that nothing to do with proverbs 31 Right, because it's not given from a biblical perspective. It's worldly. How does anybody give advice with, you know, in regards to what is a great woman and not talk about this scripture? You can't talk about a great woman and not dissect every single uh, character. And we, man, we've been on the air for almost three hours. That's mm-hmm. and that's what you need. You can't talk about this stuff in any other manner. You can't just brush through it because this is deep stuff and it needs an explanation. And not only does it need an explanation, it needs an explanation from, obviously from a biblical perspective, but to be able to address the everyday issues that we all see out here. What up? And this, this is another one of my all-time favorites right here. Classic. 28. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. That's crazy. Her ch- First of all, and again, you see, you see what's happening here. I just, I am, I was just now, and I'm do, reading these as you are. I don't memorize this stuff. I'm reading it just like you are. Um, I just got finished talking about my mom. Like literally, just got. My mom is blessed. What I what was I talking about earlier on? My grandma, my mother-in-law, blessed. See, her children arise and call her blessed because we reflect back on. The sacrifices that they made for us So they say oh she was a great mom She was a blessed mom I had a blessed life That's what That's what. That's how A 
a, a, a child of an elite, I mean, a, a virtuous woman will reflect back and, and you know, and discuss their mom. Her husband also, it says, it says her husband also, and he will praise her. You guys are probably getting sick and tired of me talking about my wife. You're probably tired of hear, hearing the praises and hearing the good things that I say about her. But that is the mark of a virtuous woman. Her, not only will her, her children praise her, but her husband as well. No, nah, in fact, he won't be like, oh, man, yeah, this bitch, man, let me go to the strip club and, you know, get this, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's not saying those things. He's not going to call Tyrone and to complain about his wife. He is praising his wife to females, and he's praising his wife to uh, to uh, this, this chick was mad as crap at me today. I was up in Models. She was mad as crap. She was like, what did she say? I forget how it came up. She's like, oh, yeah, she was, like, flirting with me, trying to flirt with me. I was like, you know you look at some T-shirts or look at something, and you, like, mess up their pile, like, that they just fold it up. She just kept coming mm-hmm. over asking me, did I need help, like, three different times. Like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm sucking. She's like, oh, mm-hmm, yeah, well, I, you must need something because you keep messing up my pile. I was like, oh, all right, my bad. And she's like, mm-hmm, yeah. Was, yeah, you owe me. I said, I owe you. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, blatantly. <laughs> This is a this is a worker at Models. She said, oh, yeah, you know, you owe me. You messed up my pot. I just folded that. I was like, okay, cool. My bad. She's like, yeah, well, mm-hmm, yeah, well. I, wish she, I forget what she said after that. She said something. I forget what she said, but I was just like, yeah, I'll be married. Yeah, I'm married. My wife, I'm about to go home, you know what I'm saying, meet my wife or something. Made sure I brought that up, and she was pissed. She was pissed. Yo, how, let's. How do women get mad at you for talking about your wife? Like, what am I supposed to hide it? Like, I'm not going to hide my wife. I'm not ashamed. I'm married. Like, it is what it is. Like, how are you going to get mad at me because I don't want to have sex with you? Right. Why do we, I mean, maybe you can shed some light. Why do women do that? I mean, because it, it, it really, it, it attacked her self-esteem because it was already low. You know, she felt like she had to, you know, um, put herself out there like that. And so those types of women will flirt with anybody, married or not. And so when a guy really, like, shuts them down and said, no, you know, I'm married, it's like, wow, like, not even, I can't even attract the married men. I can't attract anybody. Like, I'm just, you know, it's crazy. But we do that. We do that. Yeah, yeah because they they want you, they want to feel as though whatever they have going on would be enough to be able to take you uh, the mm-hmm. way another woman was able to take their man at some point in their life. See, because most women out here have been cheated on. So because they've been cheated on a lot, a lot of times, not always, but in uh, many cases, the fact that they've been cheated on, um, you know, with another woman, it, it makes them develop a certain, like, wall. And it's like they don't even care about putting another woman through that because they've been through it. And so when they're not able to do that, they're not able to hurt someone the way that they were hurt, that that hurts them. That's, you know, uncomfortable for them. So she, her whole thing was, man, like, I even bought a couple shirts, and at the counter she ran me, she was, had an attitude. How you go from flirting and being all friendly, having, you know, all types of stuff to say, to not even, oh, what was that, credit or debit? Credit or debit. <laughs> credit or debit. <laughs> 
Hey, what the heck? You were just asking, like, flirting. Like, now you don't got nothing to say. So, it is what it is. Hoes, man. Skeezers. <laughs> Yo, you ever see, uh, it's an inside joke. Shout out to Melissa Johnson and a couple other people, Nakia, some other people who were inside in this uh, this inside joke from back in the day. But did you ever see Sugar Hill, Courtney? Uh-uh, I'm a little too young for that. What happened? With, oh, man, with Wesley Snipes. And, oh, yeah, I've uh, heard of it. Yeah, yeah, classic. You got if you guys, it's a scene in there when she he was like, uh, this is probably inappropriate, but anyway, <laughs> it's a scene in it with with the dude that uh, Wesley Snipes' girlfriend was deciding she wanted to go out and explore other options. She went out on a date with this dude, and the dude was like, you know, you just a, he's, she she was thinking it was like a nice guy. He was a nice guy. Took her out on a nice date. He got her back to the crib, and I guess he thought he was getting some sex. He was like, you know, you just you're just a little skeezer, aren't you? You know, it's a little hoe. And she was like, what? He's like, that's why he like, punched her in the face. And then she was like, and she like kicked him in the balls. And she was running out the crib. She was like, Skaza. <laughs> you guys got to watch it. Like, I'm gonna, <laughs> if I can find it, you guys kind of got to be. <laughs> you you got to see it just to kind of know what we're talking about. But it's a very funny scene. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, Sugar Hill. Anyway, back to Proverbs 31. We're almost done, guys. We're almost done. This is perfect timing. It's it's always interesting how how God um, influences and, and influences and carries these shows, and it's like always the perfect amount of time to discuss everything that we want to discuss. It always works out like that. If you guys have heard some of the more classic episodes, it's always like perfect timing. Um, but anyway, twenty nine. Many women do noble things. But you surpass them all. I mean, that's just that is just amazing, right there. That's classic, because when you look around out here, the Bible says, "Who can find a virtuous woman?" And that's but see, it doesn't say who can find a woman with a master's degree, who can find a PhD, a doctor, who can find a woman who can back it up on the dance floor, who can twerk it out. Who can find a woman who's good in bed sexually? Who can find a pretty face and a slim waist? It doesn't say those, those things. It says that many women out here can do great things, you know, or, or things that are considered great by society standards. It says, but you surpass them all. And, and if anybody's done private counseling, that's what it's for. It's It's not, it's to... Put, be able to have you be in a room with the best women out there and have you surpass them all. You know, the women with the, I mean, I'm not even talking about anything material, but just the best women. Whatever that means to you, it's what is going to make that elite man choose you over five other women with the same exact qualities and qualifications. If you're not familiar, if you're unsure of the answer to that question, or if there is no answer and you say, well, there's no reason for him to, well, then we've got to talk. That's the point of it. This whole show is designed to help you guys aspire to achieve greatness, not to be average. If you're single, if you haven't been taken seriously by men, most likely because you're average. Because, see, nobody wants a, nobody marries an average woman. There's no need to. Why would you marry an average woman? You marry a woman who's special. At least elite men do. 
you know. And so if you're not special, if you're, or I should say, if you're not taking being taken seriously by the best possible man, chances are you're just not special. That doesn't mean that you're a bad woman, but it just means we need to develop you into a special woman. When I met Courtney, she was not special. I mean, Courtney, you know that. <laughs> I'm, being, yeah. I'm being real with you. <laughs> I mean, it sounds funny to say it like that, but, I mean, you know. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I was very um, depressed. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, there was a lot of things going on. I mean, that was one of them definitely depressed me. And so my point is there you you can, anyone can be made to be special. There was nothing special about me back in the day, but that was because I was living for the world. You know, in fact, this show was always the realest show in the world, but it really wasn't. Special. I wouldn't call it special. It was always good, but it wasn't special. It's oh, but it's special now. You know what I mean? But that's only because we're living for for Christ. You know, and so that's that's you know what the goal is. So it says here in twenty nine, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. I, I mean that that just is a crazy verse right there. It's just classic. It takes the just picture the best woman, but you are better than them all. That's a virtuous woman. And that ironically and interestingly enough, that's actually the definition of an elite man as well. See, see, a lot of women say, well, why is there no such thing as an elite woman, Dayton? Well, I'm an elite woman. Why? No, you're, no, there's no such thing as an elite woman. There are emotionally available women who will one day be found by an elite man. You understand that? There are virtuous women. There are Proverbs 31 women who will be found by the best possible to try to make, you know, there's no such thing as an elite woman. And, you know, and when you understand the full definition of what it means to be an elite man, then you'll understand why there is no elite woman. In fact, that just doesn't even make sense in the sense of the definition. Um, so, so there's that 30, which is everybody's favorite. This is one of the more popular ones. A lot of the things we've been talking tonight are not as popular but they are just as meaningful and just as valid, if not more. Verse 30 says that charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Now, that's a very popular scripture, Courtney. What does that say to you? It says a lot. I love that one. Um, it's just basically saying it's not it's not about you know because a lot of women have they focus on the outer appearance and the flirting and you know just being all extra and feeling like that's going to get a, a man's attention and it will but it, it gives them the wrong type of attention because a lot of women do that a lot of men a woman will throw themselves at men and you know it a lot of women there are beautiful women out there but at the end of the day you know what. How do you feel about God? Like, what is your relationship with God? And so, a woman who fears the Lord, like that's that's something special. That's something special. So that's what I think. I love this. I love this uh, scripture because w- what people don't seem to realize is that, I mean, surprise, surprise. I mean, there are a lot of women out here with nice bodies. I mean, I know you guys may not have known that, but I mean, that's not it's not hard to find a woman who is attractive based on society standards, society's definition of beauty. And I use that word, you know, like strongly, like society's definition of beauty. See, but the Bible says, not society, 
But what the Bible says is that charm is deceptive, meaning that flirtatious, that sexual spirit, that sexual vibe. We started for the first time ever Facebook Fridays. Many of you took advantage of that, where I'm doing and Courtney is doing full Facebook profile analyses of uh, you and what image and what vibe you give off. Is it a sexual vibe or is it a classy vibe? Every, that, that Friday and every Friday after, everyone's Facebook profile analysis is free. Okay? Some of you give off a sexual vibe, a flirtatious vibe. And what the Bible says is that, well, that vibe, that's very deceptive. It says that charm is deceptive. The beauty, the sexiness, the the, the fat butt, the, the breast, the, the pretty face... Well, you know, that's fleeting. I mean, you know, I could take it or leave it. It doesn't really matter. However, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Meaning, you got to, and just to really break it down, a woman who fears the Lord, a woman who's on fire for God, is who, not so much who God, he will praise God for, although that will be the case. A man will, an elite man, he will praise God for you. But he'll also praise you to his peers. He'll praise you to his friends. He'll praise you to his family. He'll show you off to everybody. It won't, that relationship won't have to be a secret. It won't have to be on the DL. He'll want to show you off. But when you, when you, when you, all you got is a good, you know, you got some good sexual talents, well, it's what, you know, it's no need to show that off. He's had that before. No, that's not impressing anybody. Ladies, y'all know that, right? You know nobody cares about sex anymore. There was a time back in the day where men used to get props for having a pretty woman who could do some some sexual things. There was a time back in the day where it was like that was rare, or you know, finding a woman who was gorgeous and could do all these, these types of different things was like, oh, yo, yo, you gotta you know, see this. Another like it's become such into in society that it's not even a big deal anymore. Nobody cares. Like if somebody told me that or even a couple years ago, I look at him like he's crazy. Like, okay, and like, so what? And so I'm just telling you, your sexual tricks and the way that you dress, the way that you look, the way that your butt is shaped, it's not impressing anyone. It's very average. However, a woman who's on fire for God, a woman who has a great personality, what is it, a woman of noble character, as the Bible classifies it, that mm -hmm. is something special. That's what will get you attention. Your small waist doesn't get attention. Your big butt, your, the tights, the white shorts, that, that won't get you the type of attention you want. So think about it. Charm is deceptive, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. The question is, do you feel the, fear the Lord? The question is, are you on fire for God? Which kind of takes us back to what we were talking about earlier as far as standing up and, you know, for, for what's right and, 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 you know, um, who are, what are you rooted in? Who do you stand for? What do you stand for? Anything to add to that? Um, no, no. I think, we, I think we pretty much covered everything. The last one is uh, give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring praise at the city gate. And I like this. I like the way it kind of ends here, you know. Give her the reward she's earned. If a woman has done all of these things, 
if the uh, if these are the qualities that a woman brings to the table, I believe this says that she has earned everything that's coming to her. She deserves the the to be blessed abundantly. You know, the the husband, the kids, the you know, um, everything, financial gain, all that stuff. It will come to you and says, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. You know, it means that if she brings all of these qualities to the table, her works will speak for themselves. Her portfolio, her resume, so to speak, will speak for itself. She won't have to flaunt. She won't have to brag. But her legacy will speak for itself. You understand that? There won't be any question about whether or not she's a virtuous woman. And that's and so she will get the reward that she has earned by bringing all of these qualities to the table. That's it, guys. That's it. I told you we we're gonna go straight through them, straight from the <laughs> Bible, and we did it. We did it with just enough time to spare. Courtney, any um, any any last minute thoughts or words of wisdom? Yeah, I mean this this show as as all of our shows are um was very informative. So my advice would just be, you know, if you're not that virtuous woman, that's okay. That's okay. I'm not either. I'm not married, but I'm working and striving to get there. And that and that's what you can do. Just take what we've discussed and if you if you're not those qualities at that point, that's okay. Just work to get to that. Like, nobody's perfect. It's just you can get to that, um, and you'll be well on your way. Right, absolutely. So I, I thank you guys for um, for listening in. You guys have been the best. You know, I, I I told you this show was coming for a while. It's funny. We weren't even really supposed to do this show today. Me and Courtney were deciding, should we do it today? Should we do it tomorrow? But I wanted to come back live on a Sunday just to give it the respect that it deserves. This day is 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 obviously sacred. It's the Sabbath and we wanted to talk about a virtuous woman, meaning the highest woman, the best possible woman, on the day that God set up set you know, set aside for for um you know for him. You understand that? So so thank you guys for listening. Again we, we mentioned earlier in the show uh, the 2013 Loving You uh, Women's Empowerment Seminar is official. Uh, all the registration information is, is at trctoday.com. A lot of free giveaways, a lot of valuable information. It's just about celebrating you, uplifting you, take advantage of it. You know, it will be, uh, like I said, limited spaces available, so go ahead and, and don't wait. Don't be on that black people stuff and wait till the last minute. But August 2nd, to the 31st and um it's coming courtney good job as always should we should we come back live tomorrow courtney um yeah that'd be cool it is tomorrow or tuesday yeah man we'll we'll, we'll see what's we'll up think about it, yeah. yeah yeah we'll see what's up I, i'm leaning more so towards tomorrow but we will see what is going on thank you guys i posted the link earlier for uh for my book the love we had I'm not sure what's going on. Maybe you guys like doing summer reading, but the, the book sales have really picked up in the summer. It tells me you guys are going on vacation. You're looking for a good book to read. Go ahead and get The Love We Had if you haven't already. Sex, murder, uh, betrayal, love, 
love at first sight, drama, college. I mean, <laughs> it's everything you want in a in a in a novel. So I promise most people read it in about one day. So thank you guys who have already supported uh and people who uh who who continue to support it. So I, I thank you guys. I like this song. I I'll close this out by this song by uh by Trey Songs. He's he's singing about this is I call this I did this show a long time ago and we called it the the Elite Man Anthem. This song by Trey Songs entitled Already Taken, which kind of epitomizes uh how a man will sing about you when he is now off the market because he has found what he considers to be a great virtuous woman. So thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you all tomorrow night. Peace. Every night up in the club getting money with the thugs, thought I'd never fall in love with Have all the money, all the keys from that